This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. The Muppets Mayhem is set to stream on Disney Plus, and this Love is it. yeah, this is the the Mayhem band. You know the Muppets, yes. the, the, the whole crew, Doctor Teeth, Teeth, and of course Animal, possibly the greatest Muppet character ever created. <laughs> That's my personal humble opinion. And listen, it's been a long time since we have spoken to Beverly's son, and I'm really excited <laughs> yeah. to have him on this morning, Adam Goldberg. Yeah. Everybody. Nice to see I like you. that I'm known as Beverly's son. You're Beverly's son to us because Beverly is just near and dear in our heart. And also, uh, one of the voices that you know from the Muppets world, we've been uh, we've had him on the program many times, Mr. Bill Barrett. Yay! Hey, Bill. Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm Gene's brother. You're Gene. <laughs> I should have. I missed the obvious. Uh, we, we really talk to Gene a lot, and you're do. just kind of collateral damage. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, right, listen, by the way, Adam, so you're, you're co-creator of this. Both of you guys are. And, uh, Adam, what's what's been your history with the Muppets? Obviously, we know you from the Goldbergs and other projects, but what about uh, the Muppets and, and your involvement? I have a long, long history with the Muppets dating back to when I was four and got my first uh, scooter um, puppet for my birthday. Um, and then uh, proceeded to graduate to getting an animal puppet, which I kept um, all the way through high school, made a lot of home movies with my Muppets. Um, and then, you know, just been a lifelong fan, like a true diehard fan since I was a kid. And my first, one of my first jobs when I was in my early 20s was I, I had the opportunity to write the Muppet Wizard of Oz. Yes. Uh, which which was made, it was they, it was an ABC, they ended up airing it on ABC, and that's when I first met Bill in my early 20s um, at a Muppet table read where all the uh, performers were there doing all the voices, and I sat in the corner, trembled, like literally terrified, <laughs> and Bill was like the star. Everyone was gathered around <laughs> Bill, and, and this was like, you know, Bill has no memory of me, of course, because I was like, <laughs> people probably thought I was like the, the, you know, the person that gets coffee, because that's how I was like in the corner hiding. Um, but I just, in that moment, I'm like, this is the star of the Muppets. I want to work with this guy when I know what I'm doing, when I'm an adult. And here I am now, like, oh, probably 15 years later, doing this show with Bill. Um, and, uh, yeah, just been, so, really one of my earliest jobs, professional jobs. And now, now that I know what I'm doing, um, I can uh, actually do it right this time. Okay. Well, so I'm I'm back working with Bill. Okay. It's uh, your your adoration for the Muppets has been peppered in throughout all you know, the even you know the Goldbergs and, and so much. Yeah. And you're right. It's funny to see um, adults and when even like with Sesame Street, I think Samuel L. Jackson was just on, and you can see the the whimsy just over almost overwhelming even the the staunchest movie badass. Who go there and just be reduced to uh, the the kid or whatever? It just appeals to on so many levels. Uh, but to be a part of this project and and Bill, you know, we talk about your uh, you, you know our, our friendship with your brother. He's kind of kept us uh, our friendship with your brother has kept us apprised of this. Where where did this notion of the uh, Muppets mayhem come from? Who who instigated it first? Oh wow! Well, it's so interesting actually. Uh, Adam and I both at different times, and our also our, our other partner, co-creator of the show, Jeff Yorks, who's a old old friend of, of Adam's, they're friends for years. Um, they were developing an idea about the band, and after we had done 
uh, a concert, uh, Outside Lands concert in San Francisco, the, the, the actual Mayhem Band, uh, did about 25-minute set at, a, at this music festival. That's great. Oh, it was huge. It ended up being, there was literally like 30,000 people on this lawn watching us perform to pre-recorded music, by the way, <laughs> uh, which, which they love. People went nuts. And so I just thought, boy, wouldn't this be fun to do something just with the band? And I uh, had been working on that idea for a while, and I didn't know it at the time, but Adam and Jeff had been working together, at, and uh, the Muppet Studios brought us together. And uh, we've just been in love ever since. It's, been, <laughs> it's like The Bachelor. It's beautiful. So, yeah. so, so go ahead, Adam. Yeah. No, I've, I've learned a valuable lesson, which is we have Zoom writer's rooms, which we're not in person. And, and uh, whenever you're creating a show, create a show with a, a voice performer because Bill just entertains us all day long. <laughs> Various characters and voices, and uh, it's it's the best. It's the best. You know right what? on, I right say, on, right on. <laughs> so, so you're going to be, Bill, you're going to be Dr. Teeth, correct? Yes, I, uh, I took over... Uh, uh, fortunately, I was uh, allowed to take over the uh, part of Dr. Teeth over Jim Henson, who originally performed him. Wow. Uh, so I've been doing him for many years now. And um, yeah, that's the character that I'll be uh, wiggling around. So so when you, when, when you take on a, uh, a character who was, you know, done by an icon like Jim Henson like that, and, mm-hmm. and that character itself is iconic... Are you doing your best to uh, to you know do an impression of how Jim would have done it? Do you add a little bit of your own flavor to it? Yeah, it's uh, you know I could never be Jim's Doctor Teeth, right? right. So uh, I, I at, at best it's a it's an impersonation, but then you know over time you start to find your way of infusing some of yourself, I think, into that, and so the character doesn't just stay stagnant you know he grows continue to grow and um just something i learned real quick you know i, I perform ralph the dog and dr teeth and so these both growly kind of characters and i was performing dr teeth one day and dave gold said to me you know jim used to grit his teeth when he did dr teeth and so i i learned that this was kind of an approach to get to the sound and the feel of dr <laughs> right i grin it. that's great uh, so it's a combo of those things yeah but yeah I, and I had to let the impersonation go a bit. Yeah. You know what? As as near and dear as the Muppets are to you know anybody my age and and, and younger, obviously. But uh, I, I've I'm aware of who did the voices. I try to disassociate that person from the voice because I so want this character to yeah. be real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so, but but I mean, I was a, a big Frank Oz fan, as was so many people with with all the variety of voices that I'm he not. did. Oh, you're <laughs> not <laughs> That bastard. <laughs> Did he? Uh, was he the voice of Animal? I had always assumed assumed that he was. Okay. Well, yeah, he's the the creator of Animal. You know, the he he would say to you the voice is about ten percent, but the character uh, that he created, yeah, is Animal. Wow, it's it's amazing. And with the the Muppets, one of, one of the draws, and and going back to the Muppet Show, is when that show was on. The biggest stars of the time were on that show. Yep. I mean, you had Elton John and and uh, and and Buddy Rich, and you know, and all these yeah, Mark Hamill, these gigantic yeah. stars would come on this show. Is that something you guys are looking to achieve with uh, the Muppets Mayhem as well, Adam? Absolutely. If 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 you know Buddy Rich, well, uh, no, I mean, we'll um, uh, no, we th- since our show is set in the music world, we are looking at the biggest w- to get any. Anyone, the big super music superstars, we want them all on the show. 
Um, and the great thing about this band and the Muppets in general is when you ask if there's availability, there's it's more likely they're going to come. Um, for the Muppets than for any other new show that's out there. Um, because, you know, Muppets just have 40 years of history and everyone everyone wants to meet animals. So, um, you know, hope, hopefully we'll get the big the big stars. Okay. Bill, I... That I that's the intention. Bill, I, I was lucky enough, uh, you invited me to the set of uh, Muppets Most Wanted back in 2013 and 2014. We were at Pinewood Studios uh, outside yes. of London. And it was, this is Nick, by the way. It's nice to see hey, you. Hey, man. And oh, it, yeah. it, I'm doing great. It was such a cool experience um, in, in no small part because you would see the, the Muppets lying there lifeless before they were brought out on set, right? Mm-hmm. And so you see these actual iconic <laughs> characters and to me sentient living beings yeah. but but they weren't brought to life yet and I'm, I'm curious you know your perspective bill about like when you when you see kermit when you see the the what the puppet actually is before it gets to set do you feel the magic uh, attached to those um you know th- these characters oh I, probably when i first started i mean it's been 30 years so i think you know <laughs> uh not that the magic has gone away but for me they come alive when they come alive in the set you know not so much Sitting there on the table, uh, but I can I understand what you're talking about. I, I know that feeling. It's when like I a first puppet saw. morgue, right? When you see the whole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's kind of like a buffet of, of characters. <laughs> well, I Pick love that. Play around with it, you know. I love that it's fans that are that are behind the creation of this because uh, when the Muppets came back onto the scene, when like Jason Siegel did the Muppet movie back in what was that, 2011? Uh, he was a fan and so you you could see that like in the in the actual like the finished product and stuff so so adam you and i were were contemporaries um and so you grew up with the muppet show and fraggle rock and emma otter's jug band christmas and all of that stuff so i would imagine that you're taking um that love and that passion that you experienced when you were a kid oh absolutely and it's so interesting when you say all the writers in the in the writers room we forget that we're not writing for actors like because we all we know is what we've seen and what the performers can do so we'll pitch stuff like dr teeth rolls his eyes and it's like you know uh, and bill will be like um that's a puppet so actually roll its eyes but you feel like you're writing for a human um because the performers are so good Bill's like um, Bill showed us all a video just how to get some Muppets walking through a door, and he was filming below, you know, where the performers were, and there was like 19 people crawling around <laughs> on top of each other just to get them to walk. Yeah, you know, they're rolling on dollies, and what you know, there's hand, people are just the hands, and some of the performers, and and there's camera people and holding court wires. It's it's really complicated. Well, there's um, there's something to that analog approach that that, and I think that's something you never want to lose because um, you know uh, uh, Nick Murphy who does the video work here for the show. We've talked about special effects in movies and so on and so forth. Um, you know, they, I, I like when I don't like all digital. I like the mix of the analog and 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 you get something I think that's really special, especially with with this realm. I wanted to ask you uh, both, um, you know, going all the way back to the early days, uh, you know, Sesame Street and Jim Henson's vision and and then, you know, to the Muppet Show and so on and so forth. There's always been an SNL. There's always been this very acerbic wit to the material that transcended. It's a puppet show, mm-hmm. you know, right. and there was there was a, a knowing when, when did you in in your childhood, like for you, example, Adam, start to realize they were playing a sharper 
comedy note than you might have been aware of as a younger child? Well, I think, you know, for me, the the one of the greatest Muppet jokes of all time. First of all, there's Muppet uh, movie when there's a fork in the road. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. that's like, you know, that's, that's a great joke for a, a little kid. Right. Um, no, to see a giant fork in a road. Um, and then there's something we talked about in the room where I remember where um, in a great Muppet caper, there are, everyone's talking at once and Kermit's screaming for everyone to calm down and Janice start is still talking uh, and she's talking about how she was taking nude photography for somebody. Um, and, you know, she's the last one talking still, and then she realizes everyone else is talking, and she stops. But I remember as a kid, I'm like, what? What is that? Like, yeah. So there are those memories of, like, jokes that went over your head, and then you watch them as an adult, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I, I yeah. didn't get that when I was, I was a little kid. Right, So, right. yeah, there's, there's that double love, and that's what we want to do with our show. And the thing with this band is they're perpetually high. I mean, that's like what—that's what all the memes are. You know, happy. You mean you mean happy? Right. Yeah. Happy, yeah. yeah. They, um, yeah. Uh, that's like there's like memes. There's my one of my favorite internet memes is them the band with Willie Nelson, and it's like the meme is something like. It's crazy that Willie Nelson is the least baked one in this photo. <laughs> um, so, um, and even having the the pup, even having the puppets themselves have closed eyes. Like I never realized that. Yeah, you Janice's know, that, eyes are closed all the time. Yeah. Well, so so with this, can we expect the tone to be? Um, is there a little bit of uh, spinal tap? Is there a little bit of almost famous? Is there a little bit of the last waltz? What what, what what's being incorporated into this i think it's all of that um i'll just i mean i think we're trying to make ourselves laugh which is i think the tradition of the muppets is that the writers and the performers all were trying to make themselves laugh and you know jim never i really felt that he was shooting for a specific demographic um he just felt it was for everyone and we're just walking that line and making sure you know it's not too offensive for kids but yet it's still fun for adults and we're we're doing the same thing you know it's kind of like i think of also like the old warner brothers cartoons when i was a kid i had no idea what most of those jokes probably were until i got older and i think that's what's great about the muppets is you can keep watching as you get older and you get more out of it so i think that's kind of our right madam that's kind of how we're absolutely yeah we're we're yeah um, so there is no release date just yet. Is there a time frame that we're looking here? Well, we're shooting in a couple weeks. Okay. I know that. <laughs> um, but I, I think we're going to assume it's going to be in the fall or winter, maybe around Christmas, hopefully. Um, are, are you so concerned yeah, about the shaky nature of the Disney Corporation and <laughs> whether it'll be around? <laughs> you never know. They could fold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe it or not, I mean, as an adult, I'm going to Disney World in less than a month, and I will absolutely positively make it into the Muppet Theater. Like, as an adult, like, I, I you know, I still, to this day, yeah. I absolutely love them. Yeah, well, yeah, us too. I mean, we want... As far as Disneyland or Disney World goes, we want more Muppets there. I mean, this is one of the one of the goals with this show is like, you know, I look at, um, you know, there's a Moon Knight show coming out on Disney Plus. Yeah. No one besides comic book fans know who New Moon Knight is, and in in a in a month, everyone's going to be talking about Moon Knight being the biggest piece of like franchise IP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Disney has the Muppets. 
bigger than most Marvel characters, you know, Kermit, all these are iconic characters. They should be all over Disney World, Disneyland. Like, we just want to, we want, one of our goals is just to have this, you know, 24-7 Muppets. Like, there's going to be shows and movies and variety shows and live shows. It's, it's right now, it's kind of like an untapped piece of property they own, just, you know, that we feel like just should be the, the one of the bigger properties they have. Yeah. Okay. And with that, with if, if you're going to expand this much, I was I was going to uh, uh, target this towards you, Bill. As far as um, creating new characters for the Muppets, because there's only a handful. There's 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 a few, uh, and maybe sometimes you'll see something new pop up. But how hard is it to to weasel in a new a new character amongst that troop? Is I, I would imagine people are pitching it regularly. I have an idea for a character, and then you have to go through tons of development to to get something that's that you think is going to be uh, worthy and is going to stick. So is that is it a lengthy and difficult process to create a Muppet? Yeah, you know, it it just depends. I mean, there have been characters that came out of uh, you know being in the background, and something happened. For example, Miss Piggy was a dancing pig and and <laughs> she was in the background and she came really? out of that because the guys were playing around and the character started to grow out of that um other times it's written and so that that process is probably a little longer maybe because you're trying to find the person that fits you know or feels like they have a handle on who that is um we have some new characters uh coming up in the show and uh so that process is going to be about finding the performer, and you have no time to test them. You know, it's just right. going to find the right person, hopefully. Does sometimes the voice come first, or is it usually the character, and then you put the voice to it? Or how does that uh, process work out? Uh, again, I think it just depends on the performer. You okay. know, there's there's characters that uh, I've done or, or created that um, started with a real person. And so... I kind of knew who, you know, what the personality was like and then tried to figure out, well, what does that person maybe sound like? And then what is the character? What is the design? For example, Pepe was my wife's aunt. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) So, so I took her personality and applied this voice to her, to Mm -hmm. to this character. And then we decided later that it would be a a King Prawn. And so it just grew out of stages. Okay. uh, you know, it just depends. Because any anybody who's had kids, if they have toys and you you it's playtime with your kids, you gotta you gotta put on a voice. <laughs> <somebody else. laughs> and then all of a sudden you start yeah. doing it, you're like either, wait, I can't do this for very long. This actually hurts my throat. Yeah. <laughs> or and it doesn't it sounds like I'm the, the porn producer. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that any longer. So yeah. you gotta play, I guess, right? Well, that's funny. I, yeah, I think um, I, well, that's probably the most natural approach is that you're trying to change your voice, right? That's the quickest thing you can change about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Is probably your voice. Um, but then it it's really becomes about how do I delineate or differentiate between this character and that? Like I said, Ralph the dog and Doctor Teeth could sound very similar, right? But but but. By the nature of the character, Ralph's a little more whimsy and he's light and floppy, <laughs> and Doctor Teeth is more gritty and cool. Yeah. yeah, so you try to find the personality and infuse the voice that way. I think, but I really do I, love this approach because the Muppets, for for all of uh, you know their um, their run, have been an ensemble. Right? It's been all or nothing. It's it, they've always been the Avengers. Right? But 
you know, taking this this um, this one group of, of Muppets and just sort of putting the microscope on them is is awesome. Yeah. And you can do that, like you know, because you would you uh, you know mentioned like this this you know the Disney and, and the whole Marvel universe. Right. Like you can take these Avengers and you have these standalones. I'm looking at like uh, Statler and Waldorf. You know, the two old guys that are in the balcony. Those guys have a backstory, right? There is a reason oh, yeah. why you know, and so there there literally could be a whole other um, side story of of what their lives are like and Gonzo and his chickens and and it's so um <laughs> I, I just um just sort of dawning on me right now this approach to the the Muppets franchise Adam that you were just talking about. Oh yeah. I mean we could do I mean Pigs in Space. I, I keep pitching a, a, a Bunsen and Beaker show. I mean Rats in New York. You know um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh there's it's the 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 greatest thing is there's so many great characters to pull from. Um, and that's really rare that you have this deep bench. Now, for us, for this show, we really are focusing on the band. And um, that's been so cool because you don't know anything about some of these characters, where they're from, how they met. Like, just to dig in there, it's been really cool creatively. Um, and working with the performers who've been doing these characters for years, you know, just just uh, making them more three-dimensional, you know, more just like just adding in all these elements you never knew about them. It's just really fun to take these iconic characters and flesh them out like that. I'm wondering, Adam, because of the uh, iconic nature and, uh, you know, anytime someone takes a dive into um, expanding universe or building upon it or creating new material... Um, you have hardcore fans. Think about like Star Wars fans have done to George Lucas and and things in the past. Uh, you know, d- d- I I can't imagine you have very vitriolic Muppet um, fans. But are, are they are they for the most part accepting? Or have you had anybody? No, I there's, there's vitriolic fans of of everything. <laughs> of anything. Sports, yeah, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, and Muppets. So you know, hopefully. I think what my thing is like giving people um, what they want, like, you know, not changing it too much, having it feel familiar, the thing they fell in love with, but then adding new elements on top of it that you go, oh, I never realized that. I think Cobra Kai is the show that does it best. Yeah, Um, It's just taking something you love, giving it to you again, but also building upon it in ways that kind of blows your mind. So that's kind of, that's my approach when you're doing something like this. And I think, when you have Bill, who's been doing it for so long, I mean, Bill met, Bill worked at, at um, Sesame Place. Like, there's a, there's a world where Bill helped me out of a ball pit. He's trying to say I'm older than him. (laughs) Bill has been doing this for so long that at the end of the day, we have someone who, and Bill and Dave particularly, have been doing this for so long. They are, you know, they they know what the other performers like, they know the tone. So we, we really are well covered with this show. Adam, were Bill's first words to you, where is your mommy? <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's, uh, I love Bill, when Bill was at Sesame Place, there, there, I mean, it was the age where I would have been going, and I said, I'm the one that pooped in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, did you, have to, did you have to perform in that parade they would have every day at uh, Sesame Place? No, no, I I was too busy sweeping up cigarette butts and cleaning toilets. <laughs> By the way, Adam, my it's only so magical. My only yeah. memory of Sesame Place is that ball pit. If, I, yes. if my memory serves me correctly, it was green, green balls. 
yeah. only. And uh, I right. got, I remember getting out of, like, coming out of the ball pit and not being able to find my family. <laughs> they, they had all left. They had every single one had <laughs> left the ball pit. Casey, at that point. Casey couldn't discern the, the ruse that the family was trying to execute. And this guy, Bill, reached out his hand and, and he pulled me out of the ball <laughs> pit. Yeah. It's funny, you know. Uh, Sesame Place, it's, I, I probably wouldn't be a part of all this if I hadn't worked there because that's where I met uh, Brian Ensign. He worked there in the summer as well. Wow. That's why we first met and became friends, and years and years later, we connected again and did other things. And Had you gotten a job just about a quarter mile further down the road, you could be working at Today's Man. So, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Or Mr. Dunderbox at the Oxford Valley Mall. <laughs> and Adam, I wanted to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us today because I know that you're on spring break right now, so taking oh, time out of, of your vacation. Of course. Anytime. I, um, I actually... Um, I have the a, a original Garbage Pail Kids painting, a rough, color rough of 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 your show, of Preston and Steve. So I, um, oh. I don't know if you guys have that at all. Yeah, we, um, we have but, that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I have the um, I have they make you have the final painting. I have the rough. So I'm big fans. Anytime. Oh, that's awesome. Anytime. We appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> this is, what you what you guys are involved with right now. Very exciting. Um, you know we're, we we. When, when you get the information on the actual premiere, uh, let us know because, I mean, you know, who, who doesn't love the, the material in the oh, Muppets for crying out? And, and I'm curious, a guy that, that we know that we've met before, Kirk Thatcher, is, uh, he's involved in Muppets. Is he involved in this as well? No, Kirk just did the Muppet um, Haunted Mansion with Bill. Okay. So Kirk is coming off directing that and won a producer's... What, what did you guys win? A producer's... PGA? Yeah, we won a PGA. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, yeah. And Kirk... Golf, but it was producer. Kirk, <laughs> Kirk directed the Muppet Wizard of Oz. So I've worked with Kirk. He's amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we have a tiny little group on this one. And, um, and uh, I think... Kirk is, I can only assume, going to do another Muppet movie at some point. I would think so. Well, the, the Halloween, uh, the, the Haunted uh, Mansion, the, uh, oh, yeah. That, yeah. That, that's, that's going to be a perennial. That, yep. that, that was a blast. Yep. Oh, good. I'm glad you liked it. All right. Yeah, well, when, when, you get it, when you get a date, when you know that exactly when this is hitting, please let us know because we are more than happy to help spread the word. We're such big fans, and, and uh, we appreciate you guys' time. Thank, Thank you. you. Can I say two quick things? Please yes. do, Billy. Yep. I have to say hello to my brother, otherwise he won't talk to me. Right? <laughs> hey, Gene. And then happy Piano Day. I don't know if you're aware oh, of this no. musical, but it is Piano Day. And uh, look out for Ralph the Dog. He has a, a little video that will be coming out probably later this morning. Oh, All right. right. Wonderful. We will yeah. certainly look out for that. All right, guys, thank you. Uh, and again, you. it is uh, the Muppets Mayhem. It's going to be on Disney+. Plus. We'll get you the dates as soon as we find out. Thank you, Adam Goldberg and Bill Burr. Yeah. Excited for him. Oh my God. So I remember the only, uh, I remember obviously Dr. Teeth and, and Animal. And I remember Janice was the bass player. You got Zoot is the blue one. He's the one who plays the, um, the, sax. the saxophone. And then he looks in it at yeah. the end after blowing that last note on this song, right? Yes. Yep. I always assumed Dr. Teeth was a riff on Dr. John. And yeah. Floyd, is that the other guy? Yes. You know his full name? No. Sergeant Floyd Pepper. Pepper, yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so that's cool, man. Well, yeah, when that comes out, we will uh, we'll definitely let you know when that's going to be happening. I remember when they, st- for a brief period, they were selling, like, Kermit puppet dolls that right. were fairly, like, were accurate. And even then, you'd look at it and be like, wow. <laughs> yeah. There's some sort of... 
yeah. some sort of electricity off those things. I had uh, I had a Cookie Monster when I was a kid, when I was a little kid, and it had a it had like a hole in the back of the uh, of the throat. Oh, of course, no. I would stick my nose. <laughs> I would uh, I would you like that? Yeah. I would have meat cookies. Yeah, and, different you know, kind of monster. And he would disappear. Yeah, it's better than a cookie. Yes, yeah, you like it's better home. than a cookie, yeah. bitch. That's terrible. <laughs> Uh-huh. Preston, I just thought it uh-huh. was. Preston is concerning me. <laughs> he uses his little thingy to, I don't know, it's revolting. My favorite by far was uh, was Grover from Sesame Street. He, yeah. was, he was my dude. He was the one that I, that I liked the most. By the way, I mentioned to Bill, I mentioned Frank Oz. Does he legitimately not like Frank Oz when he said that, or was he joking? Oh, I was joking. Oh, yes, I he was I, kidding. Yeah, I thought okay. you meant Bill Weston, because I thought yeah. I could see Bill Weston. I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> Too much fun for Probably children. <laughs> yeah. Little rugrats drive me crazy. Because uh, Frank, guys, I loved all of his characters. I, I, I loved uh, Grover and Miss Piggy. Uh, who else? He voiced Animal was another one, obviously. Ernie and Bernie. Uh, yeah, no. he was. He was Bernie. Ernie. He, oh, right? No, no, he was. I'm sorry, he was Bert, and then Ernie was uh, right. was Jim Hansen. You ever hear uh, Miss Piggy back to back with um, Yoda? They're really similar. Oh, yeah. They're yeah. almost identical. I, I will tell you something that might be sacrilege, but after a while, the, the constant focus on Kermit and Miss Piggy, uh, I got bored of. You, I'm like, I, there, there's, you got 4,400 other Muppets. Can we hear about them? Okay. I got sick of more. That might be true, and I, and I respect that, Steve. However... At their wedding in Muppets Take Manhattan, <laughs> mm-hmm. I get a little misty-eyed. Yes, yeah. I, no. That's a beautiful ceremony. I you didn't tell me otherwise. <laughs> it's just a little too much because I liked all the other characters, too, and I wanted to see them. <laughs> Let's take a break and come back in a second. Some Bizarre file stories are coming up. We'll be right back. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out The Rock Shop at WMMR.com. It's fancy. No, it's, it's not Hey, you've heard us talking about Krista. She's beautiful, classy, and brilliant, and she's so easy. Krista is Stephen's most loved engagement ring. Picture her, a bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant-cut diamond expertly set into a classic solitaire Tiffany-style setting. Krista will guarantee you a yes. Go to IHateStevenSinger.com and click on Krista to check her out. Visit Stephen's showroom at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. You buy real diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. It's IHateStevenSinger.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I stumbled across this article of the wildest college courses that are offered across America. And some interesting stuff here. And a few of these I've never heard of before. Uh, But these are like elective classes. Uh, things that uh, aren't necessarily going to lead to a profession for Stuff you. Stuff that makes parents go crazy. Well, I was yeah. going to say, are these like, were the easy class? Like, right. there was always yeah. one that you took, you're like, it's automatic A. Yeah, oh, just hold it. Yeah. yeah. What's that case? Just one easy class? Because <laughs> I found a few of them. And, uh, I mean, these are, are ridiculous. And you take somebody like my wife who worked her ass off in college, and I tell her about uh, my class that was actually called Oral Interpretation. Oh, yeah, we had that. But really, we renamed it Reading Out Loud for four credits. <laughs> okay. And Preston, once a week, you had to bring something in, uh, you know, on the topic, you know, children's book, uh, poetry, blah, blah, blah. And you had to get in front of the class and you had to read it out loud. Okay. Actually, and, that's a valuable skill. And that's all you had. There were no tests, no papers. Right. You just once a week had to well, read something out loud to you. And, th- and that's what I'm curious about. Like, go- like, going through these, I'm like, okay, what's the practical application of some of this stuff. So reading out loud, actually, 
Uh, it, now, whether or not you need a college course or not, I don't know. Yeah. But to be able to to do that in a professional setting, it was four credits, though. That's that I think four, four credits. credits? <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh, I took step aerobics. There you go. I had to oh. come up with a step aerobics routine. Yeah. That was my final. Really? Do you oh, remember yeah. it? Yeah. No. Oh, <laughs> no. that would be great. Yeah, and I yeah. made my roommate take it. And I was, you know, I come got on, everybody. I was into working out and doing all of that kind of stuff. And she was like, "You had me take step aerobics. This is so dumb." I'm like, "Kim, it's the easiest." Hey, we'll be fine. How many <laughs> credits? How many credits was that one? Uh, I don't. Two or three. I yeah, because we had to take essentially. God ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> we had to take a gym class. Uh, you got two of them, and there were only one credit. So in I took, college? Yeah. So uh. I took swimming, uh, intermediate swimming, and then when I showed up to the first class, my uh, professor was also my lifeguarding instructor uh, uh, boss, and he's like, "You're not an intermediate swimmer." So I had a separate class that I had to take that was more uh-huh. advanced, and then I also took volleyball. But those were only one credit classes. Those seem like high schools. Yeah, things that you take not not. I'm going to go through some of these and feel free to chime in and let us know. 215-263-WMMR. All right, there's one called Introduction to Surfing. (gasps) Students at Pepperdine University can take an introduction to surfing class right on the beach in Malibu. Well, that's a legendary. You've actually talked about uh, wanting to learn surfing this year, right? I'm going to get out there. Uh, Maybe I'll fly out to Pepperdine. (laughs) Uh, The one credit course uh, conveys a general understanding of surfing and ocean safety. Classes fill almost instantly when registration begins. And the uh, course description uh, says, bring a towel and warm clothes. Meet your professor. Warpack. Yeah. <laughs> Dude. That's the first day of class, yeah. Warpack. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you, when you get one, when you get a, an answer wrong, you get the. Warpack. <laughs> Dude, you got the best barrels ever, dude. Just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them. And you just drop in and just smack the lip. Drop down. Snap. And then after that, you just drop in, just ride the barrel and get pitted. So pitted like that. So, so pitted like that. As your professor. All right. Uh, there's also Nature of Society, Beyonce, and Intersectionality. Oh, what? For three credits, students at Texas Christian University are taught the characteristics of the Houston-born pop queen. Open discussions in class also cover such bold topics as racism, classism, and sexism. Through the lens of a Beyonce. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, so they're just throwing her name on it. There's an actual... uh, Well, that's the tease to get you in there. Yeah. It's a Beyonce fan. It's like when you signed up for, was it it astronomy, Preston, or... Oh, yeah. 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 And realized that a good portion of that was physics? Yeah, there's math. A lot of math involved. Oops. (laughs) A whole lot of math. Did the same thing. (laughs) Another one I did was humans in the environment. And we we were told it's so... I'm in the environment. It's so easy. No, it was when I had to sit shotgun with a professor and drive to the wastewater treatment plant. I was oh like, my God. it's terrible. Wow. Uh, all right. There's another class that started at Cornell University, tree climbing. Okay. <laughs> yes. That was similar to right. the class that I took no, that we... we uh it was, But it was called Leadership and Adventure Activities. <laughs> so... We renamed it Romper Room because, I mean, we would basically, there was one class where we basically played the the gym floor is hot lava, and we had to get from one side of the gym to the other. Now, Steve, there is a practical application here. 
It is uh, how to work in, in groups and, and you know... How, like team building, team building exercises. Team building exercises. Right. We as a team had to get from one side of the gym to the other side right. of the gym. So there were practical applications. But we also, uh, sometimes we would forego a, either a Monday or a Friday class to do something on the weekend. We went hiking, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, rappelling, and stuff like that. But that, again, I mean, that was a, that like, was a legit class. The, the portions of stuff like that, like, they'll do in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Like, yeah. They'll, they'll give you these things. Yeah. You have to get from here to there with only these things. Right. How do you do it? And and it's a group of people has to mm-hmm. agree upon strategies. And so, yeah, it's legit. A rocket launcher and a tampon. But it's also got to be a lot of fun. Too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so the tree climbing course, this outdoor education department at the Ithaca-based university offers a one-credit course. It covers how to get up into any tree, <laughs> how to move around, and even how to climb to another tree. Wow. So That's... there you go. Uh, let me go to Sean. Hey, Sean, good morning. And that's when the horse comes in. <laughs> uh, that's I like her idea. What's up, Sean? So speaking of whores, there's a <laughs> college in Utah called Westminster College offering a course in uh, American pornography. Now, before you ask, I have the de- I have the description of the class right in front of me. Okay. Hardcore pornography is as American as apple pie and more popular than Sunday night football. Our approach to this billion-dollar industry is as both a cultural phenomenon that reflects and reinforces sexual inequalities but holds the potential to challenge sexual and gender norms and as an art form that requires serious contemplation. Mm-hmm. We will watch porno- pornographic films together and discuss, and discuss the sexualization of race, class, oh and gender God. as an experiment. No kidding. What? Radical art form. <laughs> so, so they will sit and oh watch God. hardcore pornography in this class. And this is in Utah. I can't think of a better way to... If you have a crush on a girl in that class, be like, hey, you want to do some... Uh, yeah, do, do some homework for the oh pornography God. class. Yeah. No, this is not alone. There are pornography sure. uh, uh, courses offered in, in uh, multiple colleges. I'm I remember just a story about that. Shocked that it's in Utah. What college is that again, Sean? It's Westminster College, and I can only wonder what the extra credit is for that class. Yeah, yeah man. Okay, that's it. wild. How to get stains out. I bet you that's a popular hey, class. Appreciate it, man. Wow. There was some, I forget the name of the class, but it was a, a sex education class um, at Westchester, and that was one that we signed up for. We were told it was so easy. You're going to get an A, and it was difficult. Like, you had to learn anatomy and like okay. I, I, it wait was, a second when did we start watching porn I, uh. I, I, I left the class I was like this is too difficult I can't no kidding because it. Yeah. 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 it was actually I mean it was actual work and like at right. the time my the classes that I had I was like I'm not adding this on that there that sucks when you, when, you, when you pop into class oh, this will be an easy couple of credits and yeah. you realize it's a nightmare I'll By go the to way, the frat basement yeah. and learn are these designed <laughs> if, if you are <laughs> are these designed for the fact that like Kathy was saying you already had an Enough complex classes that were going to be hard work. Yeah, yeah. Is the, to to kind of fill that out, have something else, another uh, another a bit of education that might not be as demanding as your other classes. I, mean, I would think be. that's what the electives are. I mean, some of them can end up being difficult, but right. I mean, you always add, or we always added one of those electives, like photography. Yes, we we actually got graded on that, and we had to do the work, but it wasn't as taxing as you know preparing for a you know a, a speech or writing a paper or taking a test or whatever. I, my my college experience was pretty straight ahead. I just you know because I was doing uh, television and film and, and radio, so that that was. 
everything was con- mostly consumed with that, and then some of the basics like you know uh, a, a math class here, an English class there, biology or whatever, and that was the the, the crux of it. I didn't and never was offered anything like wood burning and photography or anything like that. Yeah, I I have no interest in furthering my formal education. I just don't care. Some people, it's a goal, it's a bucket yes. list thing, and that's totally cool. But it's not my deal. But I wouldn't mind taking some of these stupid classes yeah. just for fun. Well, the surfing. Cool. You want to surf. Can. You, you can do that at, at community colleges, yeah, you, right? you can do that at actual colleges. You you can go. It, it, okay. I think, I believe it is a continuing ed program, but you can take some of those classes. You don't have to be going just to get another degree. You can take the classes. Do you know how James Cameron learned film? Uh, he, yeah. he, he would go to, uh, he was driving a truck and he would go to... I think it was USC, and they had film classes, and you were it was okay if you wanted to come in and sit in on various classes. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he would do. It's All crazy. Right. Here's another one, and I'm, I'm going to go to the phones here in a second. Uh, this is Arguing with Judge Judy. What? <laughs> Popular oh, logic on TV judge shows. Oh, I know a couple people who'd be really good. At oh, yes, you do. <laughs> you have experts, yes. Uh, First-year students at the University of California, Berkeley. Take a deep dive into TV judge shows in this one credit course. Students specifically examine Judge Judy and the People's Court and discuss why certain practices in the courtroom are common. Are these shows presenting a perversion of our legal system yes. or a look into that system, says a course description in part. A fascinating aspect of TV judge shows from a rhetorical point of view is the number of arguments made by litigants that are utterly illogical or are perversions of standard logic and yet are used over and over again. For example, when asked, did you hit the plaintiff, respondents often say, if I would have hit him, he would have been dead. The reply avoids answering yes or no and offers a perverted form of the logical strategy called a uh, a fortiori argument. So it's it's a look into that. That might be interesting. Yeah, it might be. All right, let me go to these callers. I have uh, Ryan. Hey, Ryan, good morning. Those tornadoes were real. They were real. (laughs) What's up, Ryan? All right, so, Kathy, it's funny you bring up that human sexuality class at Westchester because I took that my senior year. Yeah. uh, And granted, keep in mind, I was a business marketing major and I needed an elective. Right. Um, So the first night of class, we were put into groups and we all had to make a different part of – anatomy with play-doh and my group had the female reproductive system so here i am with a bunch of people i just met putting this together with play-doh, play-doh. oh my god so, so what, what, what were you specifically in charge of replicating uh the c word i don't know if I was <laughs> okay that. yeah the, the button uh, <laughs> yeah the man in the boat that's an easy one yeah yeah um, was it an you easy- just roll a bean yeah just make a pee <laughs> ryan was it an easy class it was super easy. Um, that honestly wasn't the most interesting part. Um, later on, there was a lesson on BDSM and kind of like Fifty Shades of Grey type stuff. Wow. Oh. And the guy actually brought in a guest speaker that is into it. Someone he met at a bed and breakfast that uh, him and his wife do this. And they the actually gimp. brought in, <laughs> they brought in uh, a flogger and some other tools and we're demonstrating oh it in Ryan, of the class. I'm did, not even kidding. Did they wheel in a steamer trunk and open it up and a guy got out with a ball gag on? <laughs> I honestly was waiting for that to happen. Now. Yeah, man, that did, but listen, so you'll never forget that. How many credits was that class, Ryan? It was a three credit course. It, wow. was, it was equivalent to one of my marketing research classes. <laughs> 
Wow. That's insane. Uh, was, that, was that the one, Kathy, that you were talking about that yeah. was difficult? That's, that's, did, 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 it, was, uh, it was down at South Campus, Kathy. Wow. Ours, ours wasn't at South Campus, but ours was always an open book testing. So, like, you could have the book and have your notes, and uh, it just ended up being what? too difficult for me. Or maybe because my mom never taught me about <laughs> sex, I failed out. <laughs> what, what sex organs did you make out of Play-Doh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, yeah. thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. But I wonder, yeah. like, I don't know how it works in colleges, universities, where, like, a, like a one-credit course versus three-credit versus four-credits, like, if there are requirements, if it's a four-credit course, you need to have at least this many tests, this many assignments. Do you, you know what I mean? Like, I think it, it, it's a lot. There's some structure, but I also think, I know a lot of times, like, when I went to... to uh, to school, they uh, there were clearly cases where professors and had jockeyed to get other professors on the faculty with a lot of these elective courses mm-hmm. where it's okay and and you notice that the that whatever professor you had you had to buy their textbook that they wrote or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was just it was all, a lot of that going on so I, I I don't know I guess in some cases it's a little bit more regimented and other schools have the latitude to just say. We're making our own rules, you know? Yeah. Uh, there's a couple of texts coming in about uh, this particular course, and I, I saw this one on North Carolina, but apparently uh, Widener has this as well, a Harry Potter class. This oh. one says, Harry Potter, Understanding Good and Evil. Uh, the first year four-credit seminar course taught at High Point University in North Carolina examines the fine line between good and evil among historic figures, but with a uh, swish and flick twist. Uh, through the lens of J.K. Rowling's Wizarding World of Harry Potter, students at High Point University are challenged in this class with defining the discrepancy between the two forces. Well, why do I think, I think Chestnut Hill College here might have mm. a awesome. Harry Potter. Well, they do the Harry Potter. Right, festival, right, yeah. And I don't know what is a, you know, um, like, because I had to take a seminar course. You know, you had your freshman seminar and then your senior seminar. And what? Alf and the universe. Yeah, I don't remember which seminar course I took my freshman year, but what deems it seminar? Yeah, that I never understood either. Um, Hang on, let me go to a couple of other uh, interesting classes people have taken. Elaine, you are on the air. Good morning. Sorry to bother you at work. It's okay. We want to hear what you have to say. What's up, Elaine? Well, I went to Westchester a long, long time ago, um, and I had um, horseback riding for gym class. Horseback riding? That's cool. Now, did they give you a horse, or did you have to bring your own to school? (laughs) No, we went to a farm that was outside of Westchester, and they, you know... Had to supply the horses and That's pretty for cool. an hour, you know, three times a week or whatever it was, we uh, rode around the countryside and had a good time. Did I you, bet you loved it. It's pretty cool. I, I loved it because I, I had a horse anyway, but now I got to ride another horse. <laughs> nice. No, that is cool. Nice. Did you have the option, Kathy, when you were there to do a horseback riding? I don't remember. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't take it, so I'm not sure. All right. Nice. Good for you, Elaine. Thanks, yeah. man. Yep. I appreciate it. I mean, do you look at, uh, you know, at these classes and go, okay. I already know all that. I'll take that. You know what I mean? You're there. You're yeah. there to learn. You're there in college to learn. I mean, but it's it's simple. Yeah, I think so. It's, it's simple. Like in high school, when they did give you the options of like, uh, you know, uh, what, what what elective ish class did you take in high school that you, you know, were really into? Like, was it shop? Was I, it, I took uh, intro to radio and television. Intro to radio and television. Uh, there you go. I took music theory. Um, and, and those were Everything. like music theory was way harder than I thought it was oh, going to be. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, when at my, my little blink of, of a moment in college, I did take a music class 
and it was really hard. I'm like, oh, I know this. This will yeah. be, yeah, no problem. And it was really difficult. Well, um, you know, the band we had in yesterday, they all went to, uh, they had a, a Berkeley um, run. So, you know, Berkeley School yeah. of Music, which is a yeah. legendary school. But I think when you take courses, and at least for me, when it, it became easy, I knew that that's what I wanted to do. Other people were taking the courses, and they were like, you find that easy? I hated it. I dropped out. That's true. Right. I, right. So I knew, you know, I knew the direction I wanted to go in. Ex- I knew from the get-go what I wanted to do. I was doing stuff similar to it. I knew exactly and that it made it so much easier. That's why my my college experience in general was good. Uh, my my heart goes out to people who are like th- third, fourth year in and still trying to figure out what they yeah. want to do. Right. And, you know, Press, to answer your question, yeah, like you are there to learn, but you're also there to graduate. Yes. And so when you're <laughs> taking a course that doesn't necessarily uh, further your major, but it's more of an elective and something you, you have to take in order to fill out your, your course curriculum. Like yeah. step aerobics. Like step aerobics. <laughs> you're oh, yeah. you're going to try and you know either do something that's A, interesting to you, or B, is going to be easy, you know, to I lighten got, your course load. I got my workout in. That, yeah. that was yeah. that was the point of it. I was like, yeah. I'll get my workout in and get, uh, you know, get credit for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I took a history of the '60s because I thought it was going to be like Woodstock and protest. <laughs> oh, the The other side of the '60s, yeah. but the politics, yeah. sociology, all the that Vietnam stuff. War. Yeah, yeah. But what it did was spark my interest in photography even further because okay. it was like the wartime photography mm-hmm. and um, broadcasters being over there that really, you know, spawned some interest there. Okay. So, um, so, yeah. But as far as uh, what seminars are, the, unlike uh, lectures, seminar classes are meant to be interactive. So All right. students participate in, like, dialogue and stuff like that. All right, here's another one on this list. Uh, a course called Going Viral. Ever wonder how to go viral on the Internet? This three-credit <laughs> class for communications and media majors at uh, Montclair State in New Jersey, we'll explain exactly that. I sure it's, it's like how to win an Academy Award. Yeah, they produce say- an Academy <laughs> yeah, Award-winning yeah. film. <laughs> <laughs> now get to work. Yeah, go. It says in this course we will explore media concepts and theories and contemporary viral phenomena. The course description says we will investigate the evolution of different media and the impact of emerging media on society. Our focus will be on the contemporary scene of technological innovations and how social media are transforming the way we do business, politics, entertainment, and activism. It sucks when you get into a class and, you know, and it happened once or twice, and it's like, this is nothing. Like you said before, oh, yeah. nothing like what you were thinking. Yep. It's like, no, you. this is a bait and switch here. Yep. <laughs> Where's my pornography? Um, <laughs> Alyssa on the line, uh, we had that course at Westchester as well. Uh, yes, that's the one I was going to go to. Okay. So let me let me go to her. Hi, Alyssa. Good morning. Hi. Good morning, guys. How are you? Wonderful. So where did you go to school? Westchester oh. University. There we go. <laughs> so you took this class that Kathy was about to reference. What is it? Yes, death and dying. Death and dying. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, which one comes first? Yeah. <laughs> what was it about? Um, basically the end stages of life and like the physical things that happen to your body in those last couple, and then also like developing living wills, actual will, will stuff like that. So it's so a complete up class, death yeah. and dying. So they, do they, they, they give you a list of the signs that are sort of indicators that you're dying. We actually had to go intern at a hospice oh for that class. Oh my God, that would be heart wrenching. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What That's was your, what was your major, Ali, Alyssa? Health science. Health science. Okay, so it's in that it's in that realm, um, and so did you did you get stuff from it? Do you do you still think of things that you you learned from that? 
I, you know, as soon as I had children, I made myself a living. Like, I really, I didn't realize how important any of that was no. until that class. And then once I, like, had responsibilities in my life, it really started clicking that I had to get on the move with that. So, yeah, I did learn a lot from it. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Right. So you, got, you got your money's worth. Was, yeah. it, <laughs> was it an easy class? Um, like the tests were easy, but the material obviously was not that easy. Right? Did the, the uh, professor dress as the Grim Reaper? Sometimes <laughs> on Fridays. <laughs> yeah, that'd be very. That's funny. <laughs> that would be awesome. Thank okay. you, Lissa. Yeah. You. Uh, how about this? Now, this sounds pretty cool. I will go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. Nah, uh, man. What's up, bud? Uh, not a whole lot. Just driving down to the shore. What's nice. your story? So I took a backpacking and camping class at Temple University, and the deal was you took three weekend trips to go camping somewhere. We did somewhere in the local area, somewhere in Jersey, and then Delaware, Water Gap. And because of that, that credit counted towards the class, and we didn't have to go to class for the entire second half of the semester. Uh, so how did they did, – wow. were, were you, were you, how were you verifying? Were you with somebody from the school, or how were you – is there a professor with Validating you? Validating your camping. Yeah, so we would we would uh, we would all carpool and then meet the professor right. at the, the location, and then go. He would give us like a destination, like five miles into the woods at a campsite, and then we would just all hike to the uh, campsite and hang out. All right, and th- and that's it. And there weren't any further uh, ex- not experiments, but any objectives or anything along those lines. Um. During the actual hike, he would give us little objectives like, you know, find a find an Elmwood tree and take yeah. a picture of it or, yeah. you know, oh, identify, okay. Things. Yeah. Okay. identify certain things and stuff like that. And then sometimes would be... he would spark a fat one and just walk in the woods. There you go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I love that. Go ahead of us. He would, we would all meet at the, the, you know, the load off site where they park the cars and he would, he would get a head start and then give us our objectives and say, you know, oh, we'll meet at the campsite around four o'clock, try to get there in four hours and then I'll have a fire ready to go. And then we'd, we'd make food and stuff like that when we got that's there. pretty cool. I like that. It's pretty cool. Cool professor, too. Do you, st- do you still go camping or backpacking? I do. I actually do a, a ton of uh, backpacking and camping. Um, just did uh, Zion National Park last year, Grand Canyon, Yosemite. Wow. So, yeah, right. life, life long. All right, so that's long a life's long. passion. That's cool. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it, man. I have to give a shout-out to uh, Matt Farber. He is actually a friend of mine who is a, I had to look up his title, Brewing Science Instructor at University of the Sciences. So he Brewing just, Instructor. Brews beer. Ah, and yeah, I ah. talk to people that he works with, and I think that there are, uh, or, or somebody else, I, I'm not sure about University of Sciences specifically, but they have to make sure that the students aren't taking class just because they think they can drink. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. you well, actually have to quickly, right? the yeah. science of it, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. there was somebody yeah. on the line. We lost them, and they had taken a beer class. Uh, so I assume that would uh, that meant brewing. Uh, we will go to Brian. Hey, Brian, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, I almost didn't graduate because of a scuba diving class. <laughs> uh, that's it. That's interesting. I, 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 we, we went. Uh, I'm, I'm certified. My, my family and I, and the, the, the test. Believe it or not, is pretty complex. Yeah, I mean, the class was half, half like written work about mm-hmm. like the bends and stuff, and yep. the other was like. You literally got in the pool at Temple University, like a 15-foot pool, and you had to get down there, drop your gear, go down to the bottom, swim the length of the pool without breathing. And uh, that stuff was the hard part for me. So I, I literally flunked all that stuff. Oh, no and kidding. If I, didn't, 
if I didn't pass the written final, I wouldn't have gotten the three credits. And I would have had to take another semester for one class because I would have failed my scuba diving. Wow, that's wild. So I was literally telling my dad and mom, like, yeah, I might not graduate. And they're like, why? And I had to tell them scuba diving. Scuba so diving. A little bit of a... <laughs> so, Brian, this, the, the, the pool was on, is, is on campus? Yeah, within yeah. Um, uh, McGonagall Hall. Okay. McGonagall oh, all right. Hall. Yeah. Like yeah, right, so there's pools that they use the... for diving? Are deep enough. St. Joe's has a, has a pool as yeah. well, apparently, where they'll do they, ha- they actually have, like, six or seven pools in there. And oh, there's okay. a little different. They, they have, like, the Olympic pool, and then they literally had a pool just for scuba diving. It was, like, 15 to 20 feet. Wow. Yeah. By the way, if you've ever been in one of those pools that that's deep, it's a little freaky. It man. is very you're freaky. You're not used to going into a swimming pool. Yeah, yeah that's that deep. deep. You're thinking like eight, right, ten yeah. feet most. No. Yeah. But when you get down like 15, 20 feet, it's yeah. a little freaky. Thanks, Usually man. it's like 12 feet. Like if they have diving boards, it has to be at least like 12 feet or whatever. Yeah, so Swarthmore College, when we swam there in high school, they had, it was a gigantic pool that, uh, you know, I think it was. Uh, feet? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Well, no, because they had like higher, uh, it, it, no less than 12 feet. But Preston, when I was, uh, I used to swim laps at the Y, they, had, they taught scuba diving course is there mm-hmm. and if i went there like a friday night at least they, there were always these people at the bottom of the pool and it gave me dead. something to look at <laughs> because when you're swimming laps yeah, yeah. like it can get really boring and tedious but at least there yeah. were like people i was like okay this gives me something to do yeah we did I jump off to high dive. Uh, i'm gonna go to elise we're talking about strange college courses hi elise good morning hi good morning um i went to um fairly dickinson which is a private college in new jersey yes. and they had a course that was called History of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Okay. And uh, they also had intro to line dancing and wine tasting. Oh. Wine so, dancing, line da- line dancing, wine tasting, and wizardry. That's pretty awesome. It is. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the wine tasting one, you had to be a hospitality major to take. Otherwise, you weren't allowed to take it. Um, but it was very popular. Witchcraft and wizardry was often canceled due to low enrollment, believe it or not. Oh. <laughs> oh. And um, line dancing was really fun. I I really enjoyed it. But that counted as my gym credit. But that was a pass or fail. So you didn't get um, actual credits. Oh, it. that's pretty fascinating. It's, it's, and you would think that the wizardry and all that would be the big the big draw. Yep. Yeah, and it counted as a, as your history elective, too, which was interesting. So you didn't have to take, for example, Western Civ or World History. You could have taken that in lieu of it. But uh, uh, they just always suffered from rolling, low enrollment, which was a bummer. I'd yeah. be down with it. All right, as thank I'm you. As i my line dancing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let me mention a, a couple of other interesting ones here from this, uh, from this article. Here, There's one called Clap for Credit. <laughs> uh, no, the hands have to hit. The one Try it again. The one credit class officially known as Music 113, music and performance, is offered at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Students can take the class as many as three times. It asks this of enrolled students. Show up to one 50-minute lecture, lecture each week, listen to a musical performance for each class, and then clap when those performances conclude. Oh, my God. <laughs> It says, Seriously? usually students in the music department use the captive audience to practice performing. Uh, that was according uh, okay. to a recent graduate of the university who took the course. Clap for credits. Okay. All right. How about get the clap for credits? There's one at Penn State called Cow to Cone. All right, and it is the ins and outs of ice cream manufacturing. Ooh, okay, you get yeah. to taste ice cream because you can't drink in the beer class. It is a 129-year tradition at the university. 
uh, as the university's College of Agricultural Science program explains there's more than meets the eye, or mouth for that matter, every cone of peachy paterno, they probably don't call it that anymore, yeah. <laughs> or cup of death by chocolate, mm. begins with the cream provided by the cows at Penn State's dairy barns, only a short mile north of the creamery store. It adds creamery ice cream represents the university's agricultural roots, and remain today a symbol of Penn State pride from cow to cone. Want another scoop of that Harvey Weinstein? Oh, oh my God. God. Right. Dude. You said something earlier that made me think, though, of my psychology class. And it was in an auditorium. There was 300 people. And it was one of the hardest classes I ever took. And I was constantly studying and reading. Um, so classes like this are needed because you, <laughs> yeah. you do have to, like, level things out. There's no way I could have taken, you know, all of my credits, you know, with classes that were that hard. So you need Sure. Ice cream making classes just, thrown just, in there. Just to break the uh, the, the, the stress. Uh, I'm going to go to Anne, who is a longtime professor, and com- uh, explain some of these uh, credits. Hi, Anne. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Wonderful. Uh, may I ask where you are a professor, Anne? Uh, I'm not going to say okay. in case anybody's listening. That's all good. Uh, but you've been doing it for a long time, and uh, so obviously you can explain how some of these uh, uh, classes exist. Right. So like a three credit class, for example, has to meet three times a week for 50 minutes for 14 weeks. And this all has to be approved through the Pennsylvania Department of Education. Um, They kind of monitor everything. And so, again, um, like three credits for three times a week for an hour um, for 14 weeks. So do most most schools have a requisite um, amount of, say, like one credit and what we might consider more frivolous? courses uh right what good what kathy was saying is exactly it you you know you it's really hard to take all difficult classes or if you're a science major it's really hard to have like four or five labs a week because you're just in class for so much so yeah they throw in other classes just that are pertinent to your degree but may not be quite as rigorous so that you can balance out your schedule that makes sense all right yeah excellent yeah and so and, you, and oh and I was just gonna say so there is for fun classes but yes. also serious classes there are schools in the area that are beginning to offer cannabis courses ah. I'm a grower oh. so that's that's actually a really up and coming career that's great oh, yeah if you can get the ice cream class and the pot class you're set <laughs> just make sure your pot yeah. class is first yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no that's great and thank you for the heads up we appreciate it. Sure. Have a good day. All right. You too. All right. Uh, I'll mention a few other of these. There's one called failure. How to fail. Oh, my gosh. You can't clap. Uh, It says trying for a career in the arts often means learning how to fail. A course uh, called Topics Failure taught at the Clive Davis Institute the New York uh, at NYU's Tisch School of the Arts. uh, Explores major failures among artists as well as memorable pop culture moments. Uh, it includes case studies on Britney Spears' 2000 meltdown, uh, Kanye West awards show speeches, and William Hung's American Idol 2004 audition, <laughs> after which Simon Cowell famously commented, you can't sing, you can't dance, so what do you want me to say? Uh, for two credits, uh, students in this course consider failure as it relates to the contemporary popular arts. What is exactly that we think we can learn? What is it that we can learn from failure? And more to the point, what is our amplified 21st century interest and obsession with failure say about us? And they have guest speakers O-Town come in, Preston. Yes, I remember O-Town. Here's another one. Lady Gaga in the sociology of fame. (laughs) 
Um, University of South Carolina students had the opportunity to explore the sociology of pop culture through the rise of music icon Lady Gaga. Uh, The course aims to relate the roles of business, law, media, sexuality, and fandom to the making of a modern superstar. But as you said, Kathy, they throw the name Lady Gaga (laughs) on it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they reel you in. Steve, here's one you would like. Serial murder. Mm. Uh, Why is the public so infatuated with serial murder? Why? High Point University uh, gives first-year students the upper hand in answering this question. For four decades, students at this university study the origin of serial killers, including people such as Jeffrey Dahmer, Ted Bundy, and exactly what makes their gruesome acts so fascinating. That stuff is fascinating. It yeah, is. So you you might be inclined to take a course like that. Yeah. Or just a regular adult ed course. Yeah, just to find out why yeah. why we as humans, it's not everybody, but why some people are so fascinated. Can't be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Those are my porn classes. With those. <laughs> Yeah, you can't yeah, those, no. mix those on the same I got day. serial murders Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and the porn's Tuesday and Thursday. All right, and here's another one. It says, nip, tuck, perm, pierce, tattoo, embalm. Adventures with embodied cultures. People can alter their bodies in more ways than one, and the inclination to do so may well be culturally influenced. This eight-credit class eight? taught at Alfred University in Alfred, New York, discusses how different cultures across the globe influence appearance changes, no matter how extreme those changes may be. Kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll take a break. Stay there. What's new? Why do you ask? Ghost. Disturbed. Rival Sons. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WNMR. I had some exceptional clam chowder this past week, and oh. I went to Florida uh, to visit my mom and sister, and uh, there's this restaurant called Leverox there. And I, I get clam chowder only when I know it's going to be good clam chowder. It's fantastic. Do I need to revisit clam chowder? Oh, I, have, yeah. I have not I been it. a fan well, for years. I don't know if you like the texture. Because you're oh, not like are there real <laughs> chunks of clam? clam? I mean, yeah. in not good huge chunks, which should be really little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's but, like chicken yeah, no. noodle soup. You know, there's just a yes. little bit of chicken in it. Yes, if it's know? done right. Chicken uh, noodle place, soup with snot. The place that <laughs> yeah. we went to, um, in snot soup, please. Chicago. <laughs> What was the name of that place? The uh, fancy beef place? Yeah. Gibson's. <laughs> Welcome Gibson's. to the fancy beef, beef place. place. <laughs> the fancy oh. beef place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> steak steak hey, guess what? <laughs> we clean the silverware. <laughs> uh, what was the name? It was Gibson's. 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 That yeah. was the uh, second blessed. Be- blessed? Yeah. <laughs> Have a blessed meal. <laughs> Have a blessed <laughs> New England clam cheddar. Uh, second best New England clam cheddar I ever had. Oh. Best was ever at uh, Abe and Louie's in uh, Boston. In Boston, yeah. Uh, and Kathy, uh, clams aren't snot. That, that... Steve said it. That's oh, what okay. I was saying. Oh, it's that's like oysters. Oysters are snot. <laughs> yeah. Clams oh, are a little bit. More like, more like of... a full-blown loogie. But clams are kind of snotty as well. When they're oh, thin clam chowder, they're a little more firm. Yeah, they're rubbery. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Dr. Mike has started to try to get me yeah. into the, uh, like, oysters and stuff like that and then we the the, the uh, bottoms up event they had like top oyster places and and so 
I guess uh, he recommended just kind of letting it slide down and not, you know, just letting it... Yeah, you don't chew on it. Right, right, right. Yeah. And, uh, it, it was okay. I need to give you a little backing on why I hate these things. Um, it's uh, how disgusting my father eats. When we were kids, we would watch <laughs> my dad dig his hand into the sand and pull out a clam, crack it open, and oh, no. eat it while still standing in kidding? the ocean. One thousand percent. Oh, you ask anyone in my family he who would has just ever eat been clams off the beach? Oh my god, pull them up, crack it open. Eat, like I mean we were we would be horrified. He'd do it with mussels too. What do you do with seagulls? <laughs> somebody who's doing that Give me that seagull. Somebody who's doing that is not really enjoying it. I think they're just doing it for the shock uh, value, you know what I mean? Yeah, but he, it wasn't like it was a big crowd. It was us. It was the family. Go, mm, mm, mm. Oh my God, I could sit here and all day no, and he, eat these. Is no, there, was, is there he, a he risk was, I, to doing? I mean, obviously, got, I, that's where they're coming. That's where they're coming from anyway. Yeah. But is there any sort of right? I mean, no. I, is there Preston, a risk? Preston, I think he enjoyed it. He, okay. he, I mean, I would watch him. I remember. All I can right. like <laughs> physically see it. He would take another shell. He would scrape it out. Make sure he got what at the time for me looked like snot. Yeah. Uh, and he would scoop it into his mouth. And, I could. T- and you, I could see your dad doing that just like out of boredom. You know, like he's standing yeah. in the ocean. He's like, oh, here's a clam. Yep. I can eat this. Yeah, okay. People would fall asleep on the beach. He would eat them. <laughs> hey, Preston, wow. by the way, which which type of clam chowder did you have this weekend? New England. Okay. I'm a strictly New England guy. Yeah. yeah oh, what, what, what are the variations? What are the others? Manhattan clam chowder, which is oh, yes. more of like a tomato soup I think based. that's what I had. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the I like the creamy uh, uh, clam chowder. You know what's not bad? I'm sorry. Is yeah. uh, the Campbell's clam chowder. Uh, haven't had that. It's pretty good. Okay. Marissa? I'm going to recommend to you guys, the next time you're heading to the shore, go the back roads and shoot. I forget if it's on 55, maybe, but there's a place called Sweet Amalia's, and they actually have an oyster farm somewhere in, like, the Cape May area. Area. It's the best clam, uh, Manhattan clam chowder I've ever had. Okay. Are they, free, are they free-range oysters? They are, right off the uh, coast yeah. of Cape May. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll have to try that. Um, so, anyhow, uh, I'm going to double back a second here, and, uh, you know, Kathy's dad reaching into the... <laughs> Into the ocean and and pulling out a clam and breaking it out and eating it in front of people might be mildly embarrassing if you're a kid. Uh, And it's kind of what I wanted to focus on Uh in this particular conversation. There is a uh, a news reporter, uh, and he was on location, about ready to do a shoot. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) is I, I guess he, I don't know if he's fairly new or whatever, but he and the camera person are setting up. And uh, this was in Ohio. Uh, his name is Miles Harris, and he was prepping for a live segment, and all of a sudden he's chatting with his cameraman, and they're rolling. They're not live, but they are rolling. Right. And his mom drives up. Oh, my God. And I have a clip to play <laughs> of this as his mom rolls up. Here we go. This is my mom. Hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to work right now. You're on her call on my phone. This is D'Angelo. You can say hi. And don't be holding up traffic because you got cars behind you. <laughs> All right. Did you record that? Hi, baby! I love it. I love it. That's very cute. It's so, so cute. Proud, uh, and so I thought maybe uh, some conversation about uh, when your parents would embarrass you, your mom oh, or your man. dad. Uh, and uh, God, there's uh, uh, the world is rife with stories like this. I'm so not exactly like this, but my mom <laughs> does this thing. I finally had to tell her, please stop. Oh, <laughs> so I, like, yeah, what? yeah. So I, I, I've told you guys about oh, this okay. before, but it, it's and especially when she would visit here, to yeah. come here to visit me, and say we go out to a restaurant. 
and the server comes over to the table and is just doing their job and taking our order. And my mom will go, "Oh, do you listen to the radio? Oh, right. <laughs> oh my God. My son is on the radio. And I'm like, oh, wow. no, please, Mom, don't. You yeah. know, and I wouldn't say I'm not her there. son. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say it then and there, but I'm just like, oh, no, no. Yeah. But it's because she's so this. proud. Uh -huh. I, yes, it's because she's so proud. Like this mom stopping yes. by. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> My son is on the radio. Could we have a price consideration because of that? It's oh just she wants to hear clams. that other people, you know, yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to her son or whatever. Except it's for adorable. the server. <laughs> the, the hard time, the, the thing that I can't quite get to them to understand, because my sister would do it too, but my mom specifically, is that, listen, yes, we have a very popular radio show. Not everyone <laughs> listens to the show, Mom. Yeah. And if this person has never heard of me, you have officially made it very awkward in this so moment awkward. for me to go... I do a radio show. Yeah. Yes, we're on it. Oh, I've never heard of you guys before. Oh, okay, that's okay, great. Cool. Yeah. Listen Sorry, I don't listen. Yeah. yeah. Oh, or, or like when they have to pretend like they do listen. Yeah. They're like, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I've heard of you. And I always I say, I, it's, and then you end up, it's okay. It's absolutely fine. I know I'm, but it, it, the damage has been done at that point. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. It, just, yeah. it happened over and over yeah. and over and over again. And you finally said something. I did. I'm you like, should, I, I'm like you guys, you can't do this to me. You can't, you can't do this to me because it can be very embarrassing. A good yeah. way to nip it in the bud is when the waiter comes over, you jump out first and say... I'm going to put my mother in a very bad retirement home. <laughs> There's a TikTok mom who drops her son off to school every day. He's he's a teenager. He is in high school, and she brings a megaphone. And every time he gets out of the oh, car, man. she yells, I love you. Why would she do that? I, I, because she's it, a TikTok it, it, mom. TikTok. She wants to put on yeah. TikTok. But, like, now it's become this thing. So that, And the kid just looks at her, and he's like, Mom, not today. Not today, Mom. And then you see him, and he, like, gets out of the car and runs. But, like, you can see the other kids at the school. They know that, like, Mom's going to do this. But just the same. Simple, simple, like I love you, or a hug and a kiss at a certain age, yeah. um, can be embarrassing. It's like into the into the Spider Verse. Yeah. It's a great scene. And yeah. He's, a, he's yeah. in the squad yeah. car yeah, yeah, yeah. and on the in the intercom, going, "I love you." <laughs> Say it back to me now. Uh, Say I love you. And you know what? He wouldn't have done that if his son just would have shown him a little bit of affection in the car, in the privacy, you know, just between those two. And so he had to teach him a lesson. There's I'll a great Modern Family uh, a segment where the uh, sh uh, the mom is with uh, the daughter, you know, and. Uh, She's breaking away to get with her friend. She just wants to dump the mother as quickly as she can. And so the mother's like, yeah, I don't believe this. And she goes, don't forget we're getting a training bra for you later. <laughs> Here's a text that says, I used to practice law in Bucks County, and a DA's mom would come to watch his criminal trials. Oh, we're boy. talking about a man in his 40s here. Oh, that's great. And that's mom adorable. would show up. Marissa? Crescent, I just want you to tell Gloria that my mom has picked up for where your mom is. Oh, oh no kidding. Man. She would do that. And oh, I'm God, not even radio. I'm behind the scenes of your show. Well, Marissa, we got a text. It says Marissa's mom did that to me at the thrift shop she volunteered oh my at. God. It, it was sweet. That's great. She just has that look and she goes, do you listen to the radio? Oh, yeah. my daughter works with Preston Elliott. But oh, I will let no. you know that every mailman, every barista, every person who shops at, shopped at the hamper shop, it's no longer open. They no. listen to this show. So now, thank you all. Hey, I wouldn't mind as long as I'm not around. Yeah, if, yeah. If they want to, if my mom wants to do that and set herself out there, yeah. that's fine. But when I'm sitting right next to her, it's just like, oh, I'm no. sorry. I don't listen to that low-grade education. <laughs> oh, you guys should have. You guys should have. That embarbaric, I'm an NPR person. Yeah. You know, no, you, they might throw that at you. All things considered. Yeah. You have to embrace.
embrace your parents doing that. My mom, remember when my mom said to me one time, like, do you think you'll look for other jobs? I was like, oh, I don't, no, I don't really, I don't think so. <laughs> so what, like, uh. this long into the career, so what is your fallback plan? <laughs> no, I'm, so, pretty, I'm all in on this right now. No, but I, well, sometimes I'll get, like, she's like, so do you, like, you still like them? Do you like you guys all still get along? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm oh, like, oh. it's been 20 years, Mom. I think we're good. Uh, let me go to... It seems volatile. Let me go to Susan. <laughs> Hi, Susan. Good morning. Hi, good morning. How are you guys? Great, Susan. What's up? Um, so my mom taught at the high school where I went, but before that she was a sub, and I remember being in eighth grade and walking in, and she was my sub, and... At the very start of class, she's like, does anybody know my name? And everyone's quiet, and I'm just, like, mortified. And she's like, how about you, little girl? Do you know my name? Oh, oh, no. No. Mom, but you guys are gone, Mrs. Freeland. It was so awkward. All right, thank you, Susan. So. Casey, you, weren't you starting to do an embarrassment campaign on your kids for a little while? Wait, campaign? What yeah. do you mean by that? Like you were going to regularly yeah. show up in a bathrobe or something to pick them up? Or... Uh, I think maybe I threatened that. I, there, was a, there was a point where um, my oldest was... Starting to get embarrassed by me. She's she's past that now. Right. And, when that, and now when she's that like proud of me and stuff. Like, if I may jump in just quickly. Yeah. When that happens, <laughs> that has to really, that really has to be a, a sucker punch it to does. any parent, right? Because listen, oh, I used yes. to work ten years ago. My oldest was in kindergarten, and I was a a lunch dad. So yeah. you know, the great thing about our job is that. We get done the show early enough that I was actually able to like go be a cafeteria dad. Right. And and and. For a little while there, they were excited they that I would go there. It, right? They loved it. It yeah. was the coolest thing. And and also, I got to meet the other classmates and all that. And then after a while, it was uh, like, uh, like dwindled. Yeah. But so I would do this thing at basketball games. I, and listen, this is a great dad joke. So if anybody out there wants to use this, this is awesome. But when my daughters uh, would do an inbound pass, yeah. okay, so this is just the easiest pass in basketball whatsoever, right? The yeah. referee hands them the ball, then they pass it to, I would yell at the top of my lungs, great pass, <laughs> right? Great pass, Casey. And it was funny. Everybody laughed and it's it was just ridiculous. And then they would, they would just go, oh my God, I can't believe this guy. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so but, dumb. but when you when you did just been being a parent becomes yeah. embarrassing to your kids, not doing something that's kind of obnoxious. Right. Yeah, dude, it, it hurts. Yeah, it, it sucks. Especially like, I think like a daddy daughter thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then you move on to what, like, purposely embarrassing yes. them. That my dad came onto the school bus, remember, in his robe oh, and purposely yes. messed up his hair um, <laughs> because I forgot yeah. my lunch. And he also picked me up from a party um, early because if I were to ever go to a party in high school, my parents would call the house that I was going to, and if somebody didn't answer the phone, she was like, "I'm coming to get you. Like, you you need to know." So and coming now, my yeah. so we didn't pick up the phone, and my dad showed up with it, my uh, it was my best friend's dad and my dad and they dressed up in my little brother Christopher's um, like dress up. They had like helmets on and swords and like armor. I love him. And they came into the party and picked us up like that. That's great. <laughs> but this was high school, by the way. Wow. Yeah. That's hard to but come back from. Yeah. That's um, good. My dad's attire in the winter quite often would be a, an, an overcoat. With uh, that went down like below his knees. Please tell me he had those little sock suspenders on too, because <laughs> yeah. that really that pushes it to another level. Yeah. <laughs> but and then and then boots. It looked like he was a flasher. It yeah. looked exactly like that. 
And he would show up at school. I remember we were waiting in, to go on a weekend field trip to go see a movie. And uh, <laughs> we're waiting there, and I forgot something or money. My both my brother and I, you know, to get popcorn or whatever. And he's he's coming up, and everyone's like looking at, oh my god, there's a there's a flasher coming to the school, and I'm like, oh no. All right, we got some good calls coming in. I'm going to Luke. Hi, Luke. You are on the air. Good morning. Hey yo. What's up, Luke? I'm very man pretty, and when I was 15 <laughs> years old, I became a. Uh, model for Amber Crombie. Oh, you'd be one of those dudes who was like shirtless? Uh, yeah. But when I say model, I just mean like I stood outside of the mall in <laughs> Cherry Hill. Okay. My, but my mom told everybody he's an Amber Crombie model. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Like... <laughs> So she would walk through the mall and be like, that's my son. It is wonderful to have, a, to have that pride and have your parents have that exist. But I mean, um, yeah, I can see there where that'd be embarrassing. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, um, Luke, did, you, did, did you ever tell her to stop doing it, Luke? Uh, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. Can you just go to Cinnabon and leave me alone? <laughs> right, 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 right. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate it. Um, so my daughter and uh, and Chuck D'Amico, who works here, his daughter, they both worked at a uh, little coffee shop down the shore this summer, and uh, Chuck's wife would go into that coffee shop and embarrass her daughter all the time. Like, how? Uh, you know, it doesn't, for, for a 16-year-old yeah. It doesn't person, take much. It doesn't take yeah. much. Just if you announce... That that's my baby girl back there. Right, right. Whatever. Oh, no. It doesn't uh, take much. I'm going to go to Melanie. Hey, Melanie, good morning. Hey, bitches. Hey, what? What's up, Melanie? Hey, um, so my mom is a local singer-songwriter, and I just want to give her kudos that today I'm so proud of her, and I'm so <laughs> appreciative when she does this, but I wasn't always this way. All right. Um, growing up at some of her shows, she would intentionally pick out songs that were, you know, songs that she'd written for my sisters and I, but she specifically had written me a lullaby that was no mistaken. It was a lullaby. Um, and she would sing it in front of crowds at World Cafe, um, the Bluebird in Tennessee, like some pretty, you know, known places. Would she, point, would she, lullaby. Would she point you out in the audience? Oh, yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Um, she would call me out if there could have been a spotlight. I'm sure she would have put it on. Um, but she would make sure to tell every single person, especially at the end of the night as we left, that, oh, this was my daughter. This is the one I sang about. Uh, is this someone we know? What's her, what's her name, if you don't mind giving it? Yeah, not at all. Her name is Liz Ann Knott. Um, I believe her website is lizannott.com, and she's phenomenal. I think she's the best singer in the world. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> but at a certain um, age, you were like, oh, cut it out, Mom. Oh, <laughs> it was the worst, especially it would come up on XPN on the radio sometimes. And, you know, <laughs> every one of my friends knew about it. So I get phone calls and text messages. Oh, we, we just heard your mom on the radio. We just <laughs> oh, heard your lullaby. Oh, that's funny. Well, well, nice. well, yeah. With you, right, with, thanks, Melanie. Are you, uh, uh, and Casey and uh, Nick, and Ka are, are you kids embarrassed uh, when they hear you on the radio or There's see people make a fuss about what they, we're not allowed to talk about certain stuff yeah i mean yeah. you, you kind of respect their privacy to a certain yeah. level but also um I, I i don't know about you casey with with uh, with your daughter casey but like at 15 my son's friends just don't care yeah you know, I, I think that like they did Keep earlier <laughs> well yeah like yeah. in high school 
it, it, to them, it doesn't really matter what their parents do. You know, I think right. that they'll reflect on it later in life, but right now it doesn't seem to impact them one way or the other. The, my son has a few friends that uh, listen to the show that have been listening to the show for the a while. friends do? Yeah. Because oh, I, um, I get friends' parents listen to the show or, well, or teachers listen, listen to the show. As a result of them being in the car with their parents, uh, they have, and so I was at his school a couple of weekends ago, and the kid at the, because we were there for a play, and the kid that I was getting the, the tickets from, he's like, oh, I listen to you guys all the time. Nice. And I was like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, and my daughter... That sex harness bit was hilarious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then my daughter's friends are now... <laughs> and so and so that's why I think um, my daughter has sort of come around on it is that she has friends that are like, hey, that's pretty cool what your dad does. Not oh. like, oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's also interesting though, oh, sorry, Kat, because our kids know you guys. You know, so my right. son has been the entire his entire life I've been on the Growing Preston up, and Steve show, yeah. right? you know, so like he has, this is his, this is all he knows yeah. what his dad I guess is, it's true. is doing, you know? Yeah. That's yeah, I guess. Sweet. You guys have a much different uh, situation <laughs> than I do. Uh, I get mocked. We were, I told this story before we were at Target and someone was like, oh my God, are you Kathy Romano? I listen to the show every day. I love you guys. Oh, thank you so much. Second she walked away, Jace looked at me and went, oh my God, you're kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah. Like, you're not getting anything. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy, one time, I think I told this story before, but we, we went out and uh, we were at a an outdoor restaurant. I, I ordered dessert, and somebody came up behind me, and uh, they said, "Hey, listen to the show. It's so nice to meet you." And I said, "I was chatting with them for a little bit." Ben used that opportunity to eat my entire dessert. If you're talking well about done, your yeah. if you're talking about restaurants, my dad, it was his thing. He worked for Diners Club for a while, so we'd going out. You know, one of the early credit cards. If you're not familiar. And so we'd sit down, the waitress or waiter would come over, four peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, please. Love you, Dad. That's your dad joke. Uh, Let me go to Marina. Hi, Marina. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Marina. It says here you are a prosecutor? Yeah. All right, and we we were just talking about somebody had uh, said that their uh, their their mom comes in for uh, for their cases. Yes, so mine does too, uh, as will other family members of mine. And I didn't think much of it until the one day when the judge was like, oh, who are you here for? Because most of the people in the courtroom are not just the general public. They're for a case. And I had to stand there and be like, oh, that's. That's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I was helping my daughter fake some evidence last night. Uh, did yeah. did the judge uh, react? Kind of? Did he find it cute? Yeah, they, he, yeah. She just laughed. She. she oh, she did. Oh, that's that's awesome, though. That's great right. that you're doing that. And she's coming by yeah. to watch. She's proud of her yeah. daughter. Yeah. Wow. That, that, yeah, that is great. All right, thank you, Marina. Yeah. All right. Yeah. My <laughs> uncle tries death penalty cases, and oh. I have forever wanted to watch him. Yeah. I want to see him, and he like won't let us. Yeah. He's like, no, it's too much. It's too stressful. Mm. It's before we talk about the lethal injection. Uh, my niece is here. But like same thing. Like, and it's I'm, just great to have her here. Now back to the injection. No, but like I'm so <laughs> proud of him. Like yeah. I mean, he he's gotten people off you know off of death row that shouldn't that were that should have been on right. death row. Right. No, 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 that were falsely accused. That's I mean, awesome. He had to he had to move out of a state because he got a black man off of death row. Really? Uh, he, they said as soon as this case is over, you have to move. So anyway, that's side story. But like we as a family, we are so proud of him. I would love to see him try a case, even if it's not that serious. But I could 
see, though, you get thrown off your game. I mean, I'm going to go to, we're talking about parents embarrassing you. Uh, this sounds good. I'm going to go to Debbie. Hey there, Debbie. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's up, Debbie? Hi. Hi. So this is an area that maybe Casey is familiar with. Uh, I was a Fatima girl. Okay. Yeah, where were you, Glenn Olden? <laughs> Uh, Briarcliff. Briarcliff, there you go. Yeah. None of us have any ideas. <laughs> Do you live on Rively Avenue over there? Or? <laughs> so, anyway, back when young teenagers, around 14, uh, my dad was a township commissioner, and every once in a while, he, he worked with the police closely, and he would every once in a while drive around with the cops in the neighborhood just to you know check out things and at 14 we were walking around the neighborhood just hanging out and there was probably about 20 25 of us and the cop car kind of like pulled up alongside of us and you know how the cops have the like the loudspeaker yes horn yeah they have a yeah 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 so the cop announced with all these kids is Debbie here in the crowd <laughs> and I almost died because everyone turned around and looked at me oh. and then he said, Debbie, your dad's here in the car. Come over and say hi. And no! everyone, like, lost it. Oh, I love it. Oh, Is Debbie God. here? We're looking for, she's on a prostitution charge. <laughs> I almost died because I, everyone turned around and just started laughing. And I was just like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. And then I was mad. I was like, oh, my God, how could you do this to me? Uh, it's hilarious. Yeah. A teenage girl. It's hilarious. And, and these uh, embarrassed in, in front of friends, I'll bet you were really pissed off. Oh, my God. I was mad, yeah, because later when my dad came home and I wasn't even, like, talking to him, and he was like, what are you mad at? I'm like, Dad, I'm like, that was so embarrassing. Oh, yeah. He's like, I was just saying hi. I'm like, Whoa. That's so great. Discreet. Oh, Be discreet. Yeah. Hi, Debbie, yeah. thank you. Hey, Brian, good morning. Good morning, it. Good morning, it. What's up, my man? So when I was about 15 years old, like the once a month for Dad wasn't working 90 hours that week, he would drop you off at school. Mm-hmm. I'm 15. He would roll down the window and yell, Hey, Bri, you forgot to give me a kiss goodbye. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. Oh, and would you just turn around and flip him off or what would you do? <laughs> I would like awkwardly laugh and then walk away. Yeah. And then I'd get home that day from school and he's sitting there laughing his ass off still about it. Oh. And I'm like, I'm going to get you back one of these days. Oh. Now, at 32 years old, I dropped him off at the gym the other day, and I yelled out, Dad, you forgot to give me a kiss. Oh, that's yeah. excellent. Awesome. Well done, Brian. Thank you. Well done. Uh, Thanks, man. Um, oh. Our friend Meredith just texted me. She said, uh, I was out with my dad once, and he would say to people in front of me, she knows Preston and Steve and Joe Conklin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Funny. All right, Craig Lagans is online. Yo, Craig, good morning. What up, white folks? Hey, man, how you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Um, one of the things my mother loved to do was um, she would come to a bookstore where I, where I worked, and not only because she loved books, but it was she was also there to remind the other customers if they liked me that she was the one that got me the job. Uh, <laughs> she was boasting about getting you the job at the bookstore. Yes, um, I was engaged with one special because we both like the same books. And she goes, yeah, it's great. Well, yeah, well, this is my son. And, you know, I saw him sitting on his ass watching TV for <laughs> hours and hours. So I said, you need to get a job. So all the customer service, not because of me. That's oh. great. That's awesome. That's funny. 
Uh, all right. Thanks, Craig. Have a good weekend, man. We'll see you. Thank you. All right. There was a call up here earlier, and uh, they're, they're not on anymore, but they say that uh, their mom would embarrass them regularly when they would go out to eat and would tell would talk to the server and tell him, oh, he's such a picky eater. He won't, you know, and going on and on about that like every single time that yeah. they would go out to eat. Yeah. And that's just mom's indirect way of nagging at him to try to eat. That's, you know, a, that's a Beverly Goldberg different. from the series. Yeah. That's exactly mm-hmm. how, you know, she's depicted. Uh, let me go to Keith. Hey, Keith, good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy, what's up? Uh, a few years back, I had uh, run out of some allergy medication, and my father was on the same prescription, so I asked him if I could borrow a few. Oh, no. He, he obliged and gave me the medication, and I went to work, threw one in my mouth, as always, and about two hours into my shift, I realized I had a bit of a sinus headache, and I kind of felt lightheaded. And then I called my dad, and I asked him what kind of medicine he gave me, because I told him I wasn't feeling too well, and he just started dying laughing on the phone. <laughs> That's when he told me that, unbeknownst to me, he gave me some of his new Cialis. And <laughs> oh, my God. He gave, you, he gave you Cialis. He gave me Cialis. So I went to work, and for pretty much the duration of the afternoon, I had to sit at my desk and ask people to get stuff off the top. Because <laughs> you had a boner. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and my, he, he laughed about that and brought it up. Many Talk about times. a unique way to embarrass your child. I'm going to give him a boner at work. That's a little indirect, but... Yeah. Uh, wow. Okay. And for, and for years afterwards, he would still bring up the story and remind people who, in case they had not heard the story. Oh, so he would tell people this story. Okay. Oh, this was one of his crowning achievements. <laughs> right, think. right. Giving you ED pills. God. Yeah. Right. You have a massive erection. <laughs> nice, Keith. Thanks for sharing. We appreciate it. All right, one more, and then we got to take a break. I'm going to go to uh, Kevin. Hey, Kevin, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. By the way, that is a ringtone now. Yeah. People are asking about that. Yes. And there's a few other things if you, you like get it. The Yuho tune and a few other things. Uh what's going on, Kevin? Uh Mark, how are you guys? Good. All right, what's your story, bud? So my father used to come down when I was a child or when I had my friends over and he used to poop with the door open while smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette while other kids are there. Yes. You get arrested for that yeah. nowadays. Yeah, right? yeah. You're, you're you're exposing yourself. Wow. Yeah. He just didn't no care back then. But. Yeah, and apparently he didn't care either. You know what? My friend's dad used to do that too. <laughs> just door open. Door open. Smoking. Smoking a cigarette. Oh Kid door you not. Bubba Martin was his name. My friends weren't there, but. Dude, wow. uh, Kevin, like, I also think a lot of guys who went through the military, you know, uh, 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 I'm going right here. They get you, you get used to it, you know, yeah. in front of other yeah. people. Wow. Yep. Did, did you ever tell him to stop doing that, Kevin? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't uh, care. He didn't care. I've got a pool. Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to play that audio one more time, Casey. Yeah, this yeah. We got this whole conversation started. A, a TV reporter was setting up for a shoot. It wasn't live on the air, but the camera was rolling. And as he's there, his mom drives by, <laughs> and they catch it. Is it because of This is my mom. Hold on. Uh-uh. Hi, baby. <laughs> I'm trying to work right now. You're over there calling my phone. This is D'Angelo. You can say hi. Hi, And don't be holding up traffic because you got cars behind you. <laughs> I love her. I love her, I love her so I love much. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So proud. Yep. All right. Well, listen, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok, and probably other places. 
Hey, Window Nation brings the best of the home show savings right into your home. You can get two free windows with every two you buy with no limit, plus pay no interest for 60 months. Go to windownation.com slash home show and use their free virtual visualizer to see how their window options will look on your home. But hurry, these once a year home show savings end soon. Get two windows free with every two you buy and pay no interest for five full years. Call today, 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com slash home show. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. It's great to have our guest back in our studio this morning. He's here to talk about a movie that is in theaters on April 13th. It is the story of a gentleman by, the, gentleman by the name of Father Stuart Long, and it's called Father Stu. We're happy to have Mark Wahlberg here with us. Yeah. Hey, guys. Hey, Mark. Like, I just broke the fourth wall. I watched her do the <laughs> traffic. <laughs> wow. You saw it. And I knew she was going to mention the Skokal. <laughs> Skokal first. Thanks. Skokal. Well, you, you're an honorary Philadelphian. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. You, you, let's, let's face it. Take a lot of pride in that, too. Yes, yeah. I, I remember when, when the uh, the Eagles were uh, heading to the, the Super Bowl. Yep. And we, you you came on with us, man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we never forgot that. And, of course, you're Vince Papai, so that's... Uh, I actually... Uh, it, was, it was the only time I could stomach the Patriots losing. I know. It's <laughs> to, to my that. Eagles, yeah. And we believe you when you said it, so that meant yeah, a lot. No, so, that's true. Yeah. It was true. It was an honor to put that uniform on. Uh, so, Mark, the uh, the story of Father Stewart is uh, it's pretty wild, man. It's uh, and I'm, I'm curious, before we go down uh, the, the storyline of people may not be familiar with the life of, <clears throat> of Father Stu, how did this story get to you? Oh gosh! It sounds like one of those jokes. I'm at a rest. I'm at an Italian restaurant in Beverly Hills with two priests. <laughs> and literally on a Saturday afternoon, one of them starts pitching me a movie, and he told me the story once. I wasn't really paying attention. He started telling me again, and then it just dawned on me. Oh my gosh! This is something that I should do. I'm always looking for the next great challenge, and, right. and more importantly, this is also an opportunity for me to do something that really kind of represents my faith, and mm-hmm. and hopefully will will uh, will will help a lot of people. And people are really touched by the film. There's a lot to be gleaned from this movie. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for this kind of story. This, the fact that it's real only makes it that much more impactful. But um, there's redemption. There's a, a false start to redemption that is uh, that is driven home by a, a more a cataclysmic event that occurs to to uh, with Father Stu. But also uh, all the things like forgive. I think forgiveness and things that we lose sight of. I was talking to Casey prior to having you on today about we've forgotten how to you know take people as a whole. Entity and most importantly, seeing the good in people. Seeing the good in people, yeah, and, that's, yeah, yeah. and that point is driven home in the movie. Is that yeah. we, we're all imperfections. We're mm-hmm. all and that, that part. Of it, but retain the ability to say this may not be something I'm thrilled about. This person, but they did this. They, there's there's something in there, yeah. and that point's driven home as well. There's something in Father Stu that makes him able to slalom into the right people's spheres who help him along. Yeah, and he's then in turn touched so many people in such a short amount of time uh, during the priesthood. But it's it's remarkable. I just went to Helena, Montana. We had the premiere there and to see all the people, to show the film to his family, his friends, parishioners, but also see how many people he touched. Right. It's remarkable. I mean, you really feel his presence there. And uh, now we're getting to share that with the whole world. It's for amazing. those who don't know his story, and I don't want to <clears throat> give away too much of, of yeah. maybe what you want to keep for the uh, people who view the film. What What is his story for those who may not well, know? Well, he, uh, he was a boxer, you know, his parents uh, he lost a, a younger brother really early on his parents didn't really have the coping skills to deal with that. He was left to his own devices he became a fighter, he was angry at the world 
he uh, he then tried to go to Hollywood to become an actor, fell in love with a girl, would do anything to be with her. And, uh, of course, she lured him into church. She couldn't be with him if he wasn't baptized or wasn't Catholic. He was like, dump the water on me. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then he had this t- terrible accident. Had a visit from Mother Mary, and then he went to the fullest extreme and said, not only am I going to become a Catholic, I'm going to become a priest. And everybody in his life just thought he was absolutely crazy. He challenged everything about the priesthood in the seminary, got diagnosed with a rare disease, uh, incurable disease. And then as his physicality deteriorated, his spirituality soared, and they still campaigned to have him uh, ordained as a priest, and he touched a lot of people. He seemed to be like leap of faith was his thing because uh, yeah, he trying in, in the beginning, yeah. he moves to... Los Angeles with nothing, no one, ben, yeah. you know, checks into a hotel. I'm going to be an actor. Yeah. Well, he found out otherwise. Yeah. And but but you know, and and yet this this other thing happens in his life, and yet he takes another leap, and he mm-hmm. seems to be one of these that 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 just trusted his instincts 100 percent all the way. Yeah, yeah. It was all about intuition for him, and you know, it's remarkable because. The things that he did in a short amount of time, really, uh, I, I talked to the archbishop who had ordained him, and he was like, I couldn't believe, but he had so much real-life experience and all the things that people were going through and struggling with, he had already experienced. So he knew how to kind of help them cope with that and to see with, with with all the adversity that he faced, he handled it with such grace and dignity. Yeah. And if we're lucky enough to get old, we're all going to face it. Yes. But, you know, it's one of those things where how do you cope with that? You know, after just losing my mom, I lost my mom during the movie. Her, yeah. And, um, and so it's... Uh, it's remarkable. It gives me a lot of comfort. You there's, know, there's, I'm getting old, losing a lot of people. There's a very powerful scene. I, I won't go into it, but it apparently happened right after um, your mom had passed, and it seemed as if, in a way, you were you were you were channeling that emotion in this scene. It's particularly uh, it's in the church, and you're yeah. you're why I'm doing all these things that you want of me, speaking to uh, God, and how am I here? Yeah. And it seemed like I mean, uh, uh, we've always you know compliment you're, you're you're a great actor, and and in that moment though, so visceral. And you know you you uh, everyone's uh, I uh, tearing up at that because you do have those moments like wait a second I thought I was doing everything right yeah. but that's not what it's about yeah no no when everything's going good life throws your curveball and, yeah. and God is definitely at work here it's uh, it's amazing to see how people are being touched by this movie it's coming out now at Easter during the pandemic where everybody's mm-hmm. been struggling right yeah. so people from all walks of life really feel like they identify and relate to Stu in their own personal way yeah and and, and I can as well and uh, so. You know, my father was a deacon. My father passed away eight years ago, and you know, and he wasn't born Catholic, and he didn't uh, convert until he met my mother, and and all that stuff. And uh, and so you, you talk about you know finding the grace of God through pain and suffering. And so they had lost their first uh, born child, and uh, you figure something like that could. And I talked to my dad about it. You know, they they could have been like you know like peace out, thank you. But every single time I see you, I. I'm reminded of our, our our son, but like it actually um, it drew them closer to God, which is like this crazy thing that that yeah. happens, and it happened to fathers too. And so you're in Philadelphia, and you're doing a press tour in Philadelphia, and I wasn't sure <laughs> if you were aware of Father Bill Atkinson. Um, this okay, so his story is very very reminiscent of, of what happened with Father Stu. So uh, Father Atkinson wrote this book called Green Bananas, and Father Atkinson was a teacher at Monsignor Bonner High School, and uh, he uh, was a paraplegic. You know, he was in a terrible, like, sledding accident. And so he writes this book called Green Bananas. And essentially, it's like, uh, don't buy green bananas because you're not promised tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you may you may not even be here to enjoy that yellow banana. And so this guy, uh, I, you know, I'm sure as you, you know, go through the uh, the city today, um, I'm sure maybe this will come up, um, you know, more than uh, one yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. There's something and to that point. So I've, there are two uncles uh, in, in my life. My, my wife's uh, uncles were both priests. 
50 years plus. They've since passed away to uh, uh, Father Jim and Father Charlie. And and, they're, and Father Stu reminded me, there's a similar sort of thing. There's a, there's an, I don't know what it is. And maybe it's, if, if Grace is brought into your life and, and you're, you're, you know, there's a way they carry themselves and you say, oh, these you know, still, oh, they don't. They, they don't know what they're talking. You know, it's easy a lot of times to dismiss. You can't possibly connect to my, to my situation. But I remember years ago sitting down with uh, with both of them at, at various points. I'm like, man, they they got it. They mm-hmm. got it, and they were able to speak comfort to me mm-hmm. at a time when I really needed it. And and you you project. There's a couple of scenes in the movie, like uh, you know, where where you're you're dispensing the. Um, the solace to people in trouble, and they look at you, and and you're in this vegetative state, Father Stewart, I should say, and and um, and and you always get that. Well, if he can, then maybe I can, and if this helped him, maybe it can help me. It's such a powerful message. Yeah, yeah, and it's important. I mean, people are really struggling right now, but but having that 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 real life experience is invaluable. When you were talking about that that particular scene, I've always I've never studied acting, but I've, I have a lot of real life experience, right. the good, the bad, and I kind of utilize all of that in portraying these characters that I play and try to do it in the most authentic way. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, going through that particular moment, that particular time, but still, you know, Stu and the way he handled it, it, it helped me, and it will continue to help me. And, I, you know, I just am much more optimistic about the future and accepting things that you can't change. And Yeah. yeah. So. It, learning that is a yeah. big lesson. Yeah. yeah. Who did you meet from the real story? I know Father Stu has passed, but anybody from his family? Oh, yeah, his dad, uh, his, his siblings, his family, his best friends from the seminary, uh, his childhood friends. He's uh he's got a you know he's a colorful guy you know, lots, <laughs> of, lots of really interesting friends yeah yeah um well I knew you were coming in so when watching the film <clears throat> I kind of wanted to look at the practical uh, parts of, of movie making as well as taking the story in and one of the things that I love Mark is uh, and I'm curious about you as an actor when you're uh, in, on the set and you're 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 giving your lines and so on um, <clears throat> it's it's not the same as what we see once it's edited and put together. Mm. The music in this film, the way they really added a body to it, I thought. Yeah. Um, and when you watch a completed film, um, or, or, does that start to impact you more with the, those added pieces of the puzzle? You know what I mean? Than when you were there delivering uh, those lines? Uh, yeah, of course. I mean, well, <clears throat> I, I, I'll give you a great example. I was making a movie called The Fighter, <clears throat> and uh, I wanted to watch every great boxing movie ever made leading up until the start of the film. I happened to be on a plane flying to Boston. I had Rocky on. Yeah. Watching Rocky, all of a sudden, you know, every time I watch Rocky, you know what it does to you. (laughs) All of a sudden, I turned off the volume and I was, because I was on a call and I'm still watching and the movie just completely didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Without the sound and all the music and and the score. And so, yeah, of course. And and Rosie's done a great job. I mean, I knew when I was reading the script because all, all this, um, the scenes described the music that would be playing and the artist that she wanted to use. I was like, oh, this is going to be really this expensive. This is Rosalind Ross. Rosalind Ross, yeah. First time director. First time writer. Wrote the script. Mm-hmm. Um, and you took a chance. Yeah. Uh, but but I, I think you had, you had a, a good, I was reading an interview with you and you said, she wrote the words. She knew what she was seeing. What better person to translate that? Yeah, yeah, I've definitely felt like that. Because we were trying to make this movie for a while. David O. Russell and I were trying to get get somebody to write the script. And I couldn't couldn't crack it, you know. And then when she came and said she wanted to um, try it, I said, go ahead. And I kind of told her the story, connected her to the people. And then all of a sudden, she comes back to me with a movie that I wanted to make. So I said, if she could put it on the page, she could put it on the screen. For That's sure. wild. Have yeah. you worked with uh, Jackie Weaver before? 
No, I hadn't. Because no. she's she plays the mom in Silver Linings Playbook, yeah. which is obviously set here in Philly as well. And I I love her. She's so right. she's so compelling. And um, there's something about her eyes whenever you watch. Like she just emotes so well. <laughs> she's fantastic. And you know, I, I lost my mom during the making of the movie, and to kind of rely on her, she was she was definitely there for me in lots of ways. And if I ever needed to get emotional or anything like that, like there's a scene where I'm coming into the church and they're gonna, I realize that they're actually going to ordain me, and I just look to her, and then of course I just uh-huh. get super emotional, uh-huh. you know. Uh, so your father in this film is um, Mel Gibson, and so I, I noticed that your relationship with him in this movie is very, very similar to Daddy's Home too, <laughs> <laughs> where he plays your father in that movie yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was going to play my brother, but Mel, Mel obviously was uh, was was Bill Long's to his dad, his first choice, second choice, and third choice. I've made a lot of movies about real people and especially sensitive subjects, and I've never had somebody deal with it in 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 such a nonchalant way. The way that Bill has, I mean, he really gets a kick out of it. He doesn't really, he knows that um, that I'm playing Stu, but he's able to kind of detach himself from right. that. And so, like when he sees Mel, he just gets, he just starts giggling all the time. <laughs> well, he, you know, and, and he made the Passion of the Christ uh, and and uh, directed, and uh, I assume you were able to pull on his. Yeah, on his yeah, yeah. Well, because this was a smaller film than some of the other films you've made. Yeah, but, yeah. And and of course, you know, taking on the responsibility of financing the movie myself. You know, he financed the passion. He kind of did it all. Um, so you know, that was uh, that was something I was able to take a play from his book and and figure out the best way to get the movie made without any kind of creative interference. Because once you bring on a financier or a studio, right. and everybody's got notes. I mean, they're paid to have an opinion, right? And then you kind of get that, you get into the rabbit hole. We didn't want to make a film by committee. We wanted to kind of do our own thing and then find the right partner to distribute it. Sure. You're just tuning in. It's uh, Mark Wahlberg is joining us in studio. Father Stu is going to be on theaters April 13th. You guys shot this in 30 days? 30 days, yeah. Wow. It's like six years to get it done and 30 days. It's always, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're basically in quicksand for all this time. And then all of a sudden you have to sprint to to the finish line. And then it was the same thing with... We had a lot of time to edit the film, but then we had a short amount of time to release the film. Mm. So, uh, well, Jazz, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm not surprised that you were able to get it done so quickly because you work hard. And you know, there was a, a nice uh, documentary that uh, was done about your life, and you just know that like you're just the dude who uh, <laughs> who is just working from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Uh, I also know that you take your um, your health and your physical fitness very very seriously. You don't do it because you have to. You do it because you want to, and you love it. Uh, so, gaining 30 pounds in six weeks. Was that fun or did that suck? It was the worst experience of my life. I'm still feeling uh, the repercussions of that. It's just because it's just at my age, it's not that healthy to do. It's a freaking nightmare. I tried to do it in the most healthy way possible. So when people think, oh, God, you got to gain 30 pounds. (laughs) Oh, poor you. Like, you know, it's not like all the things you crave are on the menu. None of those things were things that I got to eat. I didn't. The fun stuff. I was eating, you know, a dozen eggs with a dozen pieces of bacon, two, three bowls of white rice, drinking olive oil out of a glass. And then I'd have a steak. And then, you know, right after that meal, two hours later, you get a knock on the door and you got to eat again. And you got to pound another meal. So from 7,000 calories uh, a day for the first two weeks to then 11,000 calories for the last four weeks. It was terrible. And it was all like sodiums, starches. Stuff yeah, to get you bloated. Healthy. Yeah, no. not healthy at all. I can't believe you guys do that. Like, you know, because we we have a friend, Rob McElhenney, did it for a roll too. It's and always funny. Yeah. He did it for a laugh. He did it for a joke. He said what he said. Yeah. What Mark just said. It was it was a nightmare packing yeah. on that weight. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot easier to lose it because then you're just. I mean, you got to be disciplined, right? Yeah. You got to be able to say no, but to <laughs> pack it in 
when you're already stuffed. That's just the <laughs> yeah. worst. Do you know uh, the book or the movie called Diary of a City Priest? It's, it's based on a guy named Father John Mac, uh, McNamee, and it was uh, set here in Philadelphia as well. Uh-huh. It's sort of like what Casey was bringing up. And the, the movie was starring um, David Morse. And uh, d- when watching Father Stu, it just it sort of reminded me of these people that find ways to do good for people who really need it, who, mm-hmm. who, who need to find um, some salvation and don't know where else to turn. And, and uh, yeah. so if, if you like um, doing this role with Fathers too, I, I highly recommend Diary of the City Priest. Yeah, I definitely checked that out. I'm a big fan of Dave Morris, too. But, um, you know, it's one of those things where Stu, like, he was so effective, especially, like, in his prison ministry. You know, he would, when he would go and talk to the inmates, because he was one of those guys. Yeah. yeah. You know, so he could just tell them how it was. And, and we all know people who have made bad decisions. And, you know, if they feel like nobody cares... And what are, what are they what are they going to live for? You know, we have to we have to remind people that we're not going to give up on them. Nobody's beyond redemption. You see the good in people, and uh, accepting people for who they are. So it's, 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 so, it's so important. Yeah, yeah that, that's what uh, Christmas yeah. uh, Christmas Carol is my favorite book of all time because of that. You have yeah. someone who is well, everyone's deemed beyond you know help. He this guy's gone, and and he does have redemption. And sometimes you just need someone to extend a hand and say. Okay, we're going to work on this. And that's what this whole movie is about. I love that he has almost a a false, not not a completely false start, Father Stu, to his embracing of of becoming a priest. But it all becomes clear, as I said before, when he has another step in it, this this disease that he gets that really, okay, what does it really come down to? And it seems to me that you in your life have have gone through, you've hit that point where, uh, where you are all in now. Did, mm-hmm. did, was was that a, a hard process, or did you have a kind of a, a, a switch flick moment as Father Stu had? No, I mean, I've always been, you know, uh, you know, ever since a young age when I started refocusing on my faith, good things started happening for me. I'm right. a guy who's super disciplined and routine, and I've got a lot of gratitude. I'm like, okay, if this is working, I'm sticking with this. I'm not going to veer off of the plan at all. And then I realized, of course, you know, all these things are happening for a reason. I'm being put in this position for a reason. The story's coming to me for a reason. And so to be able to then focus on doing the greater good and figuring out what my purpose is and how I utilize all the talents that I have and the position that I'm in to do something great and help people and inspire yeah. people to do more. And that's why I'm hearing now all these great stories. I can imagine if this movie works, I really want to focus on doing a lot more faith-based content, things that will bring people together. Hopefully people will come to me with great stories. Young filmmakers will come with their ideas, and I'll be able to help them make their movies and uh, and get these kind of projects out there. It and helps also, people. And also doing more things just behind the scenes without going and talking about it, you know, because, you know, the left hand is not supposed to know what the right hand is doing. <laughs> right. We're supposed to be doing things um, out of the goodness of our heart, not for a pat on the back. But it is, it's also, you know, it's important to have the conversation, especially in this day and age where there's so much focus and emphasis on negativity and people being so judgmental without really, you know, and we all have our own stuff. We all have our own issues. And it'd be a shame for somebody to go and, and affect somebody else's life knowing they have stuff. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a bad situation. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the inclination just to dismiss people. In their entirety, is it's got to change. It's yeah. how, I think that's how we all heal when we start to do what you just said. Yeah. Uh, Casey mentioned your work ethic and uh, how busy you are. Do you do you ever take breaks? You ever uh, go on a little downtime? Uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it's, <laughs> a little golf, bit after, it's golf, man. right? But like, yeah. yeah, golf. I mean, I, I I get that even. I get that time every day. You know, I wake up with my prayer routine and reading scripture, and then I kind of work out. 
And then if I'm lucky, you know, I wake the kids up, I'll go play golf in two hours or less. I have that time to myself, and then I kind of work for the rest of the day. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the summer after I finish a movie in July and go up to, to our lake house in Gaza Ranch and play golf and hang out with the kids. And You're my kind of golfer, by the way. I'm like a, a Sunday morning, crack of dawn, yeah, let a little it under two hours, I can play yeah. 18 holes. Yeah, Love you it. got too much stuff to do. I mean, you do a lot of praying on the course, I assume, right? Uh, Please, God, <laughs> pray to make this Please, God, go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny because my wife was just uh, giving me an earful. She was like, you know, Brendan, my youngest son now is playing golf, too, which is the greatest thing ever. Totally. It annoys my wife so much because now she can never say no to me <laughs> right. going to play because both of my sons are playing. <laughs> so, time. so he's uh, he's like, Mom, Dad even rushes on the golf course. <laughs> She's like, you know, you know how bad that is? You're rushing on the golf course? I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I said, do you know why I rush on the golf course? She's like, no, why? I said, because... You call me every 10 minutes going, where are you? Why are you taking so long? Get home. So I purposely stopped playing in the middle of the day with my friends right. and playing the four-hour golf round. Right. And I started playing first thing, crack of dawn, yep. like a crazy person for you. <laughs> it's only for you. Mark, there are certain scenes in certain movies that will just uh, always bring a smile to my face. And um, there's a scene in Ted 2 where you guys are doing... Uh, the lawn, uh, lawn order theme, and they they started. Um, yes, <laughs> and hey, so, you lawyer guy. <laughs> they were advertising Lawn Order: The Return during the Super Bowl this year, pretty heavily, and I could not not hear your voice and Seth MacFarlane's voice every time the, the spot came on. So I just want to thank you publicly for doing that. Scene. Wow, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, I got to put in for the uh, for the stripper name. Uh, 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 the stripper name. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a perennial. Uh, yeah. My wife and I, that's a perennial. So. Yeah. Well, there's a lot we could thank you for, but you do have to get going. So we're just going to remind people that Father Stu is in theaters April 13th. It's a great film. And if you get a chance, uh, please go soon. It's great to have you here in person. Thanks for stopping Yeah, likewise. By, it's nice to actually get in, you know, get into yeah. the studio again, yeah. see people one-on-one. Face to face. I mean, this pandemic has been tough yeah. on everybody. So I hear you, man. Well, yeah. the movie came at the right time. Yeah. 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 Thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Anytime. Have Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a sec. Stay with us. What's new? Why do you ask? Blank 182. Smashing Pumpkins. Bowl beat. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. Alligator stories, and believe it or not, 
I will have more alligator stories tomorrow. Wow. Even. Like, I've got a surplus of alligator stories. Sorry, I lost my hand. A uh, 77-year-old woman has been attacked by a nearly 8-foot alligator in a Florida neighborhood. Uh, the Bradenton woman was rushed to the hospital after she was bitten by the reptile that had been lurking in a pond. An alligator bit my hand off. Oh, my God. <laughs> Neighbors heard the woman's screams and one rushed outside to help. Uh, Florida's home to 1.3 million alligators. They can be found in all 67 counties of the state and often lurk in local ponds and wetlands. Wildlife I, officials uh, arrived on the scene to investigate. I wonder how the, the population now compares to years past. Mm -hmm. Has it exploded? Is it about know. the same? Not yet clear how severe the woman's injuries are. A uh, neighbor who had rushed outside help saw the alligator on the sidewalk shortly after the incident. As he started yelling at it, uh, the gator released the victim and proceeded back into the water. We should, down there at least is what they should do, they should uh, have orangutans in golf carts with guns. Yes. Driving okay. around. Yeah, as security. Yeah, as security. Yeah, to keep the unwanted alligators out. Uh, my mom and sister, where they live, there's a, a pond next to the parking lot. There's a gator in it. Mm -hmm. We just we discovered him this year. It's pretty wild, and I've seen him uh, the both th last two times I've been there. So. Oh, it can be like a deep puddle, and I'm like, there's an alligator in there. We're not going near that. You're, you're smart to just assume that if you're down there, <laughs> judging by the amount of stories Preston has had. You yeah. can't rely on the orangutans. Yep. Except the monkey shoot him. <laughs> That's where um, Robin from Guppies lives now. Down oh, in, yeah. in that town. Oh, in uh, St. Petersburg? No, no, in the town where your story is. Bradenton? Bradenton. Oh, Bradenton. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, as they investigated, police officers had a weapon on hand in case the alligator attacked. Uh, the gator was measured at 7 feet 10 inches long and euthanized by a licensed nuisance alligator trapper. Steve, you notice how these attacks never happen in Canada? Never. 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 All right, uh, we should have audio for this. This is from yesterday. Julie uh, Julie Chin is her name, a news anchor on the Tulsa, Oklahoma, oh, yeah. NBC affiliate KJRH, uh, has revealed she suffered the beginnings of a stroke during a live television broadcast. Uh, the journalist was delivering the news on Saturday morning. She started stumbling and was unable to read the words that were right in front of her. She said she seemed to... Uh, it seemed to have come out of nowhere. I felt great before our show. However, over the course of several minutes during our newscast, things started to happen. She said she first lost partial vision in one eye mm. and added a little bit later, my hand uh, and arm went numb. And then I knew I was in big trouble when my mouth would not speak the words Aww. that were right in front of me on the teleprompter. She, she desperately tried to steer the show forward. But she said the words just wouldn't come. So here we have a clip of her in the middle of this newscast. Artemis won the first step in the race to return to the moon. Chris Pallone, NBC News, Cape Canaveral, and Florida. Throw it to her. The Tulsa, our, the Tulsa Air and Space Museum is hosting a launch uh, today at the at the at the event. Um, the event features uh, live. Uh, I'm sorry. Something is going on with me this morning, and I apologize to everybody. Let's Jeez. just go ahead and send it on over to meteorologist Annie Brown. We love you so much. I'm we sorry. have those days, and we are all feeling well. Yeah, so I can't was... read it. There's no, there's no words on it. He was having a joke. <laughs> he was there too. Uh, so she apparently her coworkers identified that something was wrong. They called nine one one, and she spent the last few days in the hospital undergoing all kinds of tests. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was mentioning this, uh, Nick, like with the your situation with your dad. This is a, this is a uh, if it's caught early, the, the prospect of a, a full recovery is really good. But you got to know those signs. 
Uh, she said she'd be back at the news anchor chair to share more stories after they continued to test and look into what may have happened to her. Yeah. Uh, the Canadian Army is investigating after a video was posted on social media showing a soldier parachuting over uh, Petawawa while drinking a beer. <laughs> the video shows a bearded That's pretty cash. Canadian soldier attached to his parachute and slowly descending over a large body of water. He then holds up a beer, opens it, and starts drinking of it. And then the soldier says, the government, <laughs> and shakes his head before the video ends. Uh, the video started circulating on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok on Friday. It was also publicized by Task and Purpose, which is a U.S.-based website that covers military and veterans affairs. National Defense uh, Defense Postperson said that the soldier is from the Quebec-based Royals 22nd Regiment, and the video was filmed during recent parachute training at Garrison at Petawawa. Mm. The soldier in the video is no longer serving, having left the Canadian forces on September 1st. It was like his next to last day. <laughs> okay. He's like, I'm cracking a beer while doing this, so I don't know if he'll face any Maybe kind more of people would jump out of planes if they allowed you to do that. Disciplinary thing or not. Uh, I thought this was kind of interesting. Two earthquakes hit Lechtenstein just as lawmakers, this is in Germany, just before lawmakers, or just as lawmakers in the tiny Alpine principality were debating the pros and cons of earthquake insurance. What? Lawmaker, Can I amend my vote? Uh, lawmaker Bettina Petzold Mayer had just warned that the chances of all Lechtenstein citizens uh, being affected by an earthquake striking the country was high when the first small tremor hit shortly before 2 p.m. Is Liechtenstein a country? It's his own country, okay, yeah. Okay, all right. It's one of the only countries in the world that's twice landlocked. Uh, twice landlocked? Yes, surrounded by countries that are also landlocked. That's pretty oh. crazy. Fun fact. Uh, Mayor <laughs> laughed and continued until the there second... There should be a little animation that comes out. <laughs> the second quake struck visibly shaking the room... And uh, she said, uh, the speaker, Albert Frick, uh, said this this is getting a bit much. You never know if there will be aftershocks or not, announcing a 15-minute recess. That's what Frick said anyway. Uh, (laughs) Records by the German Research Center. What the frick are you saying? (laughs) Frick's Do you know we're double landlocked and no one brought that up? (laughs) The other one. They really make him feel good when he shows up for work. Yeah, they have a little, uh, everybody sings to him. Here comes Frick. <laughs> the other one's Uzbekistan. Uzbekistan oh. yeah, twice is landlocked. the twice landlocked. Well, let's all sing a song of celebration about that. <laughs> They like that guy. Police said no injuries or damage were reported, and they gave a magnitude of 3.9 for the quake. And that's, that's a decent quake. It's a good spot to yeah. wrap things up right there. Mm-hmm. It's our file for you this morning. We'll be back in a moment. Stay with us. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Listen on our mobile app or go to WMMR.com. Podcasts? Oh, yeah. MMR's got them. There's the Fun Size and Bizarre File editions, along with Preston and Steve Full Show Podcasts, plus the MM Archives Podcast and more. Click Podcasts on WMMR.com. 
Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. All right, we're excited to talk to our, our next guest and two people really excited in the studio <laughs> about his upcoming uh, show, and that would be Steve and Casey because they're such huge fans of MacGruber in general. Absolutely. But you know him from all kinds of stuff, SNL, uh, Last Man on Earth, a lot of great TV shows and movies throughout the years, and Nick knows him as a concert buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Please welcome Mr. Will Forte hey! to our show. Good morning, Will. Hello. Good morning. You, I'm, I'm so upset because we were trying to Zoom, and I was so excited to see your faces, and then my Wi-Fi at the hotel is so bad that I had to just do regular phone calls. Yeah, sometimes, so they'll offer Wi-Fi, but it'll be substandard. But then if you want a pony up $100,000... Yeah, you can get the, you, <laughs> the faster. You can get the <laughs> faster. I don't even have that option. Yeah, don't oh, that option. That sucks. That yeah. sucks. Well, but I'm holding, I have pictures of you all that I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> That's simultaneously wonderful and creepy, and we, uh, we approve. Um, <laughs> I, as Preston said, uh, Casey and I are massive MacGruber fans. Uh, oh, thank you. I, I have on my soundboard, and this is no other movie can claim this. On one of my, on my soundboards, twenty-one separate MacGruber drops, uh, and uh, <laughs> the thing that is so wonderful about it is that it, it, at least once or twice a week, uh, both Casey and I will say "f you, dude," uh, as per the uh, MacGruber utterance at the end of the movie, which actually starts off the series, the Peacock series. But I just wanted to ask you: when the movie came out, it was not a big hit. And and uh, it, you know it, it it didn't do that nope. well, so and I was we, when it you know debuted and was a, available for, to be rented. I was trying to tell people you got to see this thing. You obviously invested a lot of work in it. You did all that. It had to be a little disheartening to get it to that point and not get a good reaction. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It 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 took a little while to uh, your your brain plays tricks on you. You start thinking, did we? make all these wrong decisions or, you know, should we have done things differently? And then, and then after a couple of weeks, we, we just said, you know what? Nope. This was exactly the movie we wanted to make. This is not, you know, you can only, the only thing you can control is, is the product you put out there. You can't control who goes to see it. So we, we very early on said, you know what? Screw this. Yes. One day we will make a sequel. And we are going, even if we have to shoot it on our friggin' iPhones, we are going to do this. Nobody has asked for this. Nobody wants it. We want it. Uh, I I love that MacGruber-type determination because uh, this is the the greatest news possible. And to me, a lot of people forget that, like, Austin Powers went through the same thing. Um, You know, the, the first movie was not... Didn't didn't tear up the box mm, office, yeah. and then a dynasty was born. Mm-hmm. So, um, and how cool is Peacock to work oh, with? We were just talking about, um, yeah, you know, I, I, Peacock wasn't really a destination for me when it first came out, but now there's so much stuff that's on there that uh, I'm, I'm over there all the time. Uh, I assume they were a blessing oh, to work with. They're they're awesome. I mean, we they let us do whatever we wanted to do. Really, I mean, I mean. You know, they gave smart notes. They were they were good partners. They but they certainly didn't put any um, restraints on us as far as you know language or or content. You know, they just wanted it to be a good story. So so they they were fantastic. That's great. Uh, you know, and again, I know. So oh, obviously, over time, MacGruber has developed a a big cult following, and uh, there uh, now everyone professes to be a fan, and so uh, that's great. The more, the merrier. Uh, but um, that original is is so nonstop great from beginning to end, and I, I think it's because it's populated with um, MacGruber and Vicky, uh, Kristen Wiig, 
uh, you know, uh, some people are obviously aghast at what MacGruber's doing, but both they both live in a world where everything they're doing is spot on right, and and it's it's there there's uh, there are sociopathic elements to these <laughs> to these characters, and to me, those are the most fun to watch. Do you do you love playing MacGruber because of that? Oh man, it's so much fun, and th- that's a very good way to put it. How you just worded it, I've tried to, a million ways to kind of explain in interviews, and that that was a very good encapsulation. There, and, but I want to be very clear that this is. The, I mean, that was very nice of you to to, uh, to describe us in that way. But we're still, I would say, an acquired taste. <laughs> <laughs> well, there there's a scene, and I, I my wife finally, you know, got on board when we were watching. And there's a scene where McGruber and uh, Ryan Philippe are, are, are sitting down uh, and um, they've both gone, you know, you guys have both gone through some tumultuous stuff and you're sitting there sharing a beer and you're describing why Val Kilmer, who is your, I, I'm not sure I can say the name here, but uh, is, your, is your nemesis and, and why you can't understand why he has it out for you. And then you sort of passively relay horrible <laughs> things you did to him and and I'm I'm howling and she she finally sees that's the MacGruber character that's the guy who's actually really good at what he does but it all seems to be by accident <laughs> he's 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 just a, 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 a dummy that's <laughs> <laughs> what language I'm allowed to use. Uh, um, yeah you know, it's, you know it's, it's, it's the 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 there's a lot of stuff like this in the series. I mean, it was the most important thing to uh, to us was that we we don't try to make any compromises uh, to to drag in a more mainstream audience. It yeah. Was, the most important thing was to make sure that people who liked the movie liked this, and then right. and and so we're we're excited. We think we we did that. We do. I mean, we do hope that more people see this than saw the movie. But but uh, you know, we, it it's hard to. Uh, to put a number on how many people have seen the movie because the only thing you can really go off of is the box office. Yeah, yeah. Not a lot of people. Uh, Will, I wanted to ask, Stephen mentioned Val Kilmer being in the, in the MacGruber movie. Did you get a chance to see the documentary on him? Oh, yeah. Uh, amazing. Amazing. Yeah, it, it was pretty pretty special. And uh, is, is he someone that you've stayed in touch with since those days? Yeah, I have, I, I have not talked to him in a little bit, but yeah, we we... We do stay in touch. Excellent. He, he lived at my house for a couple months oh. about 10 years ago um, while he was waiting to move into this other place. It was a, it was a really awesome time. It was kind of right when he was doing his starting up his Mark Twain uh, show. Oh, okay. It's it's so amazing because he is hilarious, flat out hilarious oh, in the yeah. original. But you've lost also Powers Booth passed away. But. You have uh, Lawrence Fishburne. You have Billy Zane. Yeah. Uh, you have Kristen Wiig returning. Ryan Philippe. You have Sam Elliott. Uh, you've got all of these people, and uh, when you populate oh. them with people that have that kind of gravitas, that to me is like the the original airplane format. With uh, when you had Lloyd Bridges and Robert Stack and all those people, <laughs> it, it, it 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 just adds an extra layer of comedy. Did you just love having them in oh. your toolbox? Oh my God! It, it, I mean, we couldn't believe it. Just, I mean, just starting off with with having uh, Ryan and Kristen come back. I mean, Kristen Wiig is the the all time <laughs> comedy force in, in in the world. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, and and is just an amazing dramatic actor too. So like, you're just starting off with the win, and then Ryan Phillippe makes this whole thing go because he's. Because of the fact that he's such an amazing straight man, we're able to be such boobs. 
Um, yeah. But, and then and then then you add Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Elliott. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they. And Billy Zane came in at the end and, and saved their butts. Uh, it, like he's he is. Uh, yeah, all, I, we we couldn't believe our good fortune in getting those guys involved. They, they all have strong comedic uh, abilities, but I I think of Billy Zane. It was kind of a revelation in, in Zoolander when he turned out to be pretty comedically adept. So, uh, but oh yeah, but yeah. So working with all these people is is obviously uh, a great. You have your um, your your original writing partners plus a few additional uh, some of the Lonely yeah. Island boys um, um, guys, I should say, uh, responsible for this. How many episodes uh, is the series? It's eight. Eight. It's eight. We, Excellent. We did eight. They've, they've already set us out to start uh, writing a second season. I don't know wow. if that means that they'll pick us up, but but that's a, at least a good sign. Yeah. We, we, we're really happy and proud of it and, and uh, you know, hoping people will, will check it out. I'm freaking out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to force everyone to watch <laughs> it because I'm such a freaking fan in Casey's as well. <laughs> Yeah, um, and Lonely Lonely Island guys uh, are, are so funny and talented, and I think underappreciated. You know, Yorma and, and Akiva, and obviously Andy Samberg. Um, does that date back to SNL? Is that where you guys all met? We had met a teeny bit, like two years before SNL. There was this thing called Channel 101, huh. which was in L.A. People would put together five-minute pilots of shows, uh, just bonkers shows, and people who were involved were like, like Dan Harmon, who created Community and is, you know, yeah. Rick and Morty. Uh, uh, just, just different people who are now uh, comedy forces. And I would just go and watch these things. I, I didn't make any of the pilots, but but they were on that scene. So I got to meet them then. And, uh, yeah, oh, these guys are, they're, they're so great. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you a follow-up. Yeah. Uh, a question. No, that's, that's okay about about SNL, Will. And um, knowing that we were going to have you on today, I went back and I watched the um, spelling bee bit, and uh, it's it's hilarious. But what I had forgotten was that uh, it's all premise for a Tenacious D song at the end, and they come out and and Jack Black and Kyle are, are it's like a a, a dream that uh, Jack Black tells, and and so you were Jack Black as a younger lad and whatever. Uh, who wrote that skit, and where did that idea come from? Okay, now that was a, a sketch that I used to do at, at the Groundlings back in the day. And I had probably done that 50 times before going to SNL. And wow. then I kept trying to put it up at SNL, and, and and it never got picked, but it would always do well at the table reads. Um, so so you, it, it's, every once in a while, if you, pick, if you put somebody <laughs> up at a table read, uh, you can put it up a second time, but if it doesn't get picked after the second table read, you never put it up again. I, I put this thing up five times, uh, just like you got to do this. Sheer, sheer force of will. And so, so I finally, the, like, I wrote in the the tenacious D song because Jack Black was hosting that week, and and uh, and and that was, and he's just so awesome because he he. Loved the spelling bee part of it, and so he helped me finally get it on, and and uh, I am forever grateful because that was one that I, I just always loved doing so much at the, at the Groundlings. But it's you know I understand why it would be scary to put on because all I'm doing is listing letters. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's brilliant, and and you know you're 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 in that realm, and I you know I, I sometimes I. You know, I become such a fanboy of of your stuff, and and um, so you you don't want to be. Yes, I mean the uh, the the last man on Earth, the, uh, the what you're doing with the Great North, the animated series, and 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 just even other other roles that you've had. 
I mean, you hit right in my comedic sweet spot. And so, um, you know, I think that's that's a great place to be because you can indulge, um, you know, stuff like MacGruber. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if you have any other uh, characters in the queue that you might like to see get this treatment. One of my favorite bits you used to do was the Falconer. Um, which, okay. <laughs> which is this guy who believed that this falcon of his was his was his uh, was his buddy, and the falcon was actually always taking advantage of him and leaving him to die in in troubled troubling situations. Anything like that in the queue for you, or you obviously have a lot on your plate. I don't know, you know, if you and you just got married, by the way. Congratulations! Just got married, had a baby, so we're. I mean, this, you know, it's it. I would. There's no plan, nothing in my head. First of all, thank you for the compliment. As le- much like MacGruber, I am myself an acquired taste, and I'm <laughs> appreciative that you've acquired it. <laughs> no, it really, it's, so to me, it means a lot to know that there is, I'm sure you have the same people in your life, you know, who informed your comedic uh, decisions throughout life, that, that I know, okay, this is, I'm, I'm going to love this. This is, this is uh, Will Forte, I'm, I'm going to love what's, what's uh, coming my way. And, uh, I mean, I'm not even joking about the level of excitement over MacGruber, but, um, yeah, so it, it, it is sincere, uh, but I, so, uh, you know, um, I'm, I, I, you know what there is, I will say there is one thing that, uh, Kristen Wig and, and my buddy, John Solomon, who's also in on the MacGruber stuff, we, uh, had this idea, which at some point, uh, we would like to write. There were these characters we did at SNL called, uh, Clancy T. Bacharach and Jackie Snad, who were, the, uh, uh, country singers right. saying about all their songs included, Model T cars, spaceships, toddlers, and jars of beer. And we we wanted to have like an adventure animated series based on those characters. I love it. And I mean that that's we, I don't know when we're gonna find the time to do it, but that is something that we got really excited about for some reason so hopefully at one point we'll do some weird version of that hey will steve mentioned you uh you getting married and uh the press was uh categorizing your your wedding as a surprise ceremony what, what yeah. is that what is that exactly does that mean just the, like the people that showed up didn't know you guys were going to do it or what, what's the story behind that it was there was a level of surprise but the uh we basically my my family was coming out to visit set um, and, and they all happened to be coming in at the same time. And like two weeks before they came, uh, my now wife and I decided, Hey, they're all going to, everyone's going to be here anyway. Uh, a lot of my best buddies worked on MacGruber too. So we're, we're in Albuquerque shooting MacGruber. We said, let's just get married. So mm, we, that's awesome. We basically told everybody we were getting married except for my parents. So oh. we, we had, it was the day of, it was so fun. We bust everybody over from this one hotel. They went to Yorma's backyard. Um, we had everyone seated, and then my sister drove in like 15 minutes later with my parents, and they just drive into this driveway uh, to an already in progress wedding. Oh. So they're just like, ah. yeah. <laughs> and how did you get them to dress up, Will? Uh, my sister had a very smart idea. She said, hey, since we're all together, why don't we do our Christmas card pictures? <laughs> there you go. Smart. Nice. Brilliant idea. Yeah, and I would have never thought about that. I just would have said, oh, come in your friggin' T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Bring a swimming suit. Sure. And, yeah. and how exciting was it that you got a text from Nick on the day of your wedding? <laughs> oh, my God. I heard really? about that. 
<laughs> that was that talk about a cherry on top. <laughs> I'm the most so wonderful sorry. day of your life. I am, God so, I am so sorry. <laughs> we've been trying to get you. The truth of the matter, we really we, we miss you, and we've been trying to get yeah. you on the show for a while. And uh, and Steve and TC are huge fans. That's really I'm a groomer. So Steve was like, you know what's coming out? Send him another text. And so like, yeah, yeah, sure, I'll reach out to him again. Sent you the text on the freaking day that you're getting married. But, but his but, own parents didn't know. Yeah, and, and then, uh, to your credit, you, you called me uh, a few days ago, and here we are talking to you now. So yeah. thank you for getting married. Oh I am so sorry. I, I go through real periods where I, especially with having a kid now, I yeah. just, I'm really bad with communication. I'm trying to trying to get better. That's going to be my 2022 uh, resolution. But uh, oh, I'm just trying. I'm trying. I have, like, you know, four hundred unread texts. I'm just a. I'm very bad. Listen, you're you're you you you're always constantly bathed in my mind in an ethereal light. So don't beat yourself yeah. up. It's all good. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this as well too. You 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 did a very generous thing associated with McGruber that I think has such a cool. Uh, the story has such a, a cool resolution to it. Uh, let everyone know what you did as far as this special viewing event with McGruber and about the guy who ended up oh. donating for it. it it's a mind blower. <laughs> that, so, so for the Boys and Girls Club of Venice, my my wife's on the board, so we thought up this idea. Let's let's put an auction item out there where you can be the first person to watch McGruber uh, uh, with me and Ryan Phillippe, and we and I put some little carrots in there. Um, the the top one just being a joke, saying if you if this gets to a hundred thousand dollars, I will. In addition to to the auction <laughs> item, I'll take you to frozen yogurt twice a year for the rest of my life. Oh my god, <laughs> twice a year, and <laughs> somebody paid a hundred thousand dollars. Oh my god, you've got to make good on it now. Awesome! This awesome guy Eric, who who gave a bunch of money to the Boys and Girls Club, and and has a, an affinity for for frozen yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> that alone, you can make that into a movie for for crying out loud. Uh, this no, is- it's, it, it, actually that it is funny. We I did think, oh, this is the makings of a really fun <laughs> movie like this. Just it seems it seems crazy it doesn't but but we went on that we took this road trip because because of philippe's schedule he was in las cruces new mexico so it wasn't like i could just the boys and girls club is about two minutes away from where i live in los angeles so yeah. i was not going in oh we'll be doing this at, at the boys and girls club well no i had to fly to albuquerque and then rent a 15 person passenger van for this guy and all his friends and then we drove down three and a half hours to las cruces to watch the- well, you know what? Listen, they, I always say it's easy to do a charity, a charitable thing by you know by, by writing a check, but rolling up your sleeves and and flying all over God's creation and having froyo with with somebody for the rest of your life—that's that's the real commitment. So, and were, were you not? It was also, fun. It was fun. Oh, that's cool. Was, they're a fascinating group of guys, so I, I really had fun with them. Were you also auctioning off um, memorabilia from the movie or, or something akin to that? Well, there was one of the other things that I did in there was to say if it got to like thirty thousand dollars, I would give them a, a page from the KFBR three nine two notebook, uh-huh. which he he spared. He said he said, you know what, don't worry about the notebook, and that was so nice because I love keeping that notebook intact. That's awesome. That's nice. great. Uh, if you're just tuning in, it's Will Forte who we're talking to, and uh, McGruber is going to be premiering on Peacock tomorrow, and I've. 
I've lost touch. I have so many streaming services that I forget mm-hmm. what I'm paying for and what I'm not paying yeah. for. Peacock's a free service. It's a free service, yeah. yeah. So with Xfinity, it and, is. And I've been so surprised at how often I'm going to Peacock. Now more now. than ever. And now yeah. you have you have the absolute, uh, the, 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 the ultimate pinnacle, yes. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> well, I, I also wanted to ask you while we have you on the phone, I really fell in love with uh, Sweet Tooth this year. I watched it with my son, and uh, it, it's on Netflix, uh, not on Peacock, but it, it was... Um, it kind of surprised me at how much I enjoyed it. It's this fantasy of, and it's futuristic and these mutants come to life. And uh, is there going to be another season of that? And will you uh, participate in another one? They are down there right now making it. I, 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 I got to be in the first season. I'm always hoping that I'll get to do more. I, I just don't know because I don't, I don't want to spoil it. But I'm, I'm, uh, there's a reason I'm only in the first season. But I, uh, okay, I, I die at the end of the right. day. <laughs> I, can, I guess I have to I keep talking about it. And, but then I came back in a prequel, like part of a prequel thing later in the season, and then a dream. So I'm hoping for more little dreams because they make it down in, in New Zealand, and it's just the coolest country. I love going down there. So I'm hoping they drag me back in, but but I, I haven't heard anything yet. But that they, little kid was great. Started so the, fingers the, crossed. The young actor was just uh, really impressive. I, I was so blown uh, away by how good he Tom was. Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He's really, really fantastic. All right, and, so... And, it's a good kid too. Since we're looking to fill up your to make you work even harder than you are, any plans to appear again, or are you enlisted as a possible another uh, guest appearance on uh, Tim Robinson's show? I think you should leave. <laughs> I I love that show so much. Uh, uh, no nothing that I know of. Okay, okay. He, he, he uh, will appeared in a skit where a guy <laughs> had been bothered by a kid on a flight. Okay, and. As an old man gets revenge by sitting next to that same kid as an adult. Oh my oh. god, <laughs> that's a great that's idea. That is great. I, now that I have a baby, I think about that stuff <laughs> all the time. <laughs> how old is your How old your kid right now? She's oh, she's ten months old today. Oh, oh. wow, that's oh. awesome. Little Zoe, she is the cutest. I love girl. it. So, is she taking any steps yet? No steps yet, but she's she's pulling herself up, and and it seems like. It could be any day, but I bet it's, I bet it's probably, you know. You're a couple months, months away. away. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's pretty magical. That's awesome, dude. But well, we're happy for you. It sounds like things, everything's just Thank popping you. for you right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm very happy. Life is life is very good right now. And Excellent. you know what? You know what's also happening in 2022 is that uh, Pearl Jam's going to tour again. So <laughs> I don't know if you're looking for another concert buddy, but uh, <laughs> I'm available. I would I would love that. I got to see them at the Ohana Festival out in California a couple months ago, and they were fantastic. If I may Grant suggest Carlisle something. Carlisle was there. He, he was great. I'd never seen her. I was kind of a, a new – I'm, I'm heavily uh, into her now. She's fantastic. What you should do is have Nick babysit when you go to see Pro. <laughs> 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 All right, I'll do that. The, the next level of the relationship. Oh, <laughs> Uh, well, we we are excited. So tomorrow is when MacGruber hits uh, Peacock, and are they going to release all eight in one shot, or do they they roll it out weekly? No, I think it's all eight at once. Okay, excellent. Oh, it's my weekend. Yeah, yeah totally, <laughs> exactly. It's my break. Uh, excellent. Well, great to reconnect with you, sir. Hopefully, we'll talk to you again in the very near future. I would love that. I love talking to you guys. Thank you for being so patient with me. Oh, not a problem. It's all good. Thank you so much, Will Forte, yeah. guys. That's awesome, dude. He's he's got everything going for him right now. It's great. Great to hear him. Uh, happy and uh, 
again, if you... Uh, have only heard of MacGruber, you should check it out. There are tons of scenes. You, we play the clips all the time on the show. Mm-hmm. There's one thing I wanted to ask him. Uh, in the, the manual that he mentioned, MacGruber keeps all these books oppressed. And there's a scene that talk about how good a straight man Ryan Phillippe is. And he's he's sitting in the van while they're conducting this surveillance. And he's looking through MacGruber's book about how he's going to go after uh, Val Kilmer's evil character. And they're just hand drawings of, like, him hanging over him, taking a crap on his head. I mean, the most juvenile, like, school kid drawings. (laughs) And the look on Philippe's face is like, what the F is Uh this? uh It's hilarious. Nice. All right, well, listen, I want to take a break, and we'll be right back. Bizarre File coming up. Wait, what's he? Where was that place Preston and Steve said that guy did that thing that one time? Uh... Don't bother your friends. If you missed something on the Preston and Steve show, the daily podcast and the YouTube stream are posted on PrestonandSteve.com every day after the show for just such occasions. It's always there and always free. That is until the internet breaks and we've got bigger problems. Steve had brought this up the other day, and I don't know what uh, the context of the conversation is. We're talking freeze. Oh, yes. Nick yeah. had a tree app. A tree app. Champion yeah. Trees of Pennsylvania. Yes. Which is uh, an app, and you have, and, and proudly share that app with a few, at least a few other people. And you're, you're At least four. You, you knew a lot about tree trivia in the area, yeah. and then I thought it was amazing because of all these bizarre apps. Like Kathy, for example, oh. has a great white shark app that traces yeah, the it, it migration tracks. of great white sharks in the Atlantic. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I'll watch the sharks usually in the summertime. Uh, and also, I was out at my friend's farm not that long ago, and she right. has the tree app. <laughs> and so we were trying to figure out, uh, you know, which branches to cut for our uh, our holiday planters. Using and the so tree she, app. She was using the tree app to figure out what, what she had. I can tell you that there are apps on my phone that I have no idea what they do anymore. I don't don't know. And I know for a fact that I'm paying, if I may... Uh, let me. I'm going to call it up here just for a second. By the way, I just realized I have a I have a tree app on my phone. Oh, yeah. which one? Well, it's it's Leaf Snap. Okay, you take a picture of the leaf. I've used that one, and it'll tell you. It's pretty good. What kind of tree it is? Yeah. So I have an app that um, uh, lets you know how many apps you're paying for. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh I pay for this app? Do you really? I've never used it. Oh, my God. You pay for an app that tells you yeah, how many other apps, apps that I'm using and pay for, for uh-huh. so that I can eliminate the ones that I'm not using. You need to... And I, u- I don't use the one I pay for <laughs> to tell me which ones I'm using that I don't use. You need an app accountant. I I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things because in the, in the heat of... <laughs> You get something. Oh, right. download the app. Oh, okay. So Marissa put this out onto Twitter uh, last week. What is the most bizarre app on your phone? Yeah. Uh, I'll give you a, a an example of one. This is from uh, Danny Affetato. He wrote um, Poop Map. All right. <laughs> poop Map. You log on a map everywhere you've pooped. Huh. You compete with your friends to see who covered the most distance. Oh and then he writes, used it once. At my house. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I Who like the idea of that one. Now, you got to have other people playing along for it to make sense. So you, uh, and and the goal be. is to, like, poop around the world? I, I guess. All I, right. I don't really know. Uh, here's a couple more examples. Sarah Watson had uh, chimed in and said, uh, I have a game called Just Mowing. Literally a game where you mow grass. <laughs> I have a case. I yeah. think we can get into that. Uh-huh. Yeah. We do like mowing. Kind of like mowing grass. Yeah, but I kind of like the real thing. Uh, here's one that says, uh, this is from Pete Candell. He said, uh, I have an app called Logger. 
mainly meant to be used when on the clock at work. You input your hourly wage and start the timer when you sit down to take a smash. <laughs> Stop it when you're done and see how much money your employee just yeah. paid you to crap. I think we talked about that on the show once, too. Did we? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're, you know, we're probably responsible for a lot of people. I think I mean, we are. I have an oh. app that I, I don't, I, I look at it every time my phone comes up. It says, Drive FM. And I have no idea what it what it is. It's got a car smiling. I'm going to hit it now and see what it does. All right. See what comes up. Again. It, see, it goes into this page. Ask app not to track, allow, and then I just say F it. Then I just leave out of it. Yeah. You may want to just delete that from your apps. Uh, you know what? Apps. Good idea. Do it. Uh, here's one. This is from Shannon Drop. She wrote, uh, weirdest app, most bizarre app she has on her phone. Fecal Parasite Identifier. <laughs> oh, my okay. God. I right. love that. <laughs> And then she writes, veterinarian technician, I use it when a parasite needs oh. identifying. So at least you get some practical okay. use out of that. Yeah. yeah. It's not like it's just a hobby, like watching trees or something. Hang on a second. I'm going to go to Remington on the phone. Hi, Remington. Good morning. Good morning, guys. How are we doing? Good. What's well, up, man? Um, so I have an app. It's called um, It's called Be My Eyes. I don't know if you ever heard of it. No. Um, but what it does is um, it allows for blind people to download it as well. Um, and they, if they need assistance on something, they can call on the app, and anyone from around the world that has it downloaded can answer it and help them out with their needs. So, um, for instance, I think it was last week, um, there was someone who was paying for something at a grocery store, and they needed a call and make sure if they were given the right change, or I think it was if he needed like a 5 or a 10, and... I was able to help them out with it. But it's let a pretty me, cool app. Wow. Let me ask okay. you, I assume you're just assuming that the people you're dealing with are on the up and up, right? I mean, is is what, what there's, I, you want people to be honest, right? But people don't have to be. How do they, how do they vet people who are using this and giving information to blind people? I, I have no idea. Okay. okay. Uh, All right. Maybe they yeah. just, yeah, keep walking. Up. Well, maybe just because it's random. Well, I don't know. I guess it's, uh, you maybe. know, there's sick bastards out there. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Oh, well. traffic's clear. Go ahead. I got That's got to make you feel good when you do that, though, right, Remington? Yeah, and it's pretty cool. I think there's actually, I mean, there's millions of users, so it's very, um, it's very rare to get a call, but. When you get that alert and you answer it quick enough, you get yeah. the call. And it's, uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool feeling. Well, that's, that's very cool. nice. That's right. cool that you would do that. <laughs> nice work. Thanks, it's kind of like uh, when you're using the uh, the Waze app and, and you get to actually put something on there. Oh, oh there's a car, the car on the side of the, the, road. On the shoulder. <laughs> I do it all the time. Yeah. I had, I had Every one. Every time. I had a pothole that was exactly at the spot. Crazy. I, it's like amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how accurate that is. By the way, I love this text. It says, funniest app on my phone is my Planet Fitness app. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some other bizarre apps on the phones. Rebecca Rizzo wrote in and said, uh, healthy bladder. Uh, it times how long you pee and estimates the volume in your bladder and tracks your bathroom right. habits. And, oh and she wrote, yes, I use it. <laughs> Okay, interesting. That's really funny. I mean, uh, it's probably not all that odd, but there are yeah. plenty of apps that will track uh, a woman's, you know, menstrual cycle. Yeah, yeah. I got mine is um, menstrual, menstrual.com. Uh, this one is from Deb Langville. She wrote, or Lang Langle, uh, we have an Aurora Borealis tracker. Yeah. That uses your location and alerts you when conditions are prime, and it came in very high handy in Iceland. Yes, it does, except if there's clouds. <laughs> right. Because the, you, <laughs> you can't see beyond the clouds, yeah. But actually, it's really cool, and it'll track where the uh, or Aurora Borealis is the day before, and uh, so you can see what you missed. Uh, Christine Mary wrote in and said, find a grave. 
Find a grave? Yeah, that's her most bizarre app. And so if you're in a cemetery? She wrote, yes, I use it and even add records when I stroll through cemeteries. It's a must-have huh. if you're into genealogy or prefer the company of the deceased over the living. <laughs> Find a grave. Hi, Frank. Good morning, Frank. Howdy, bitches. Hey. What's up, bitch? <laughs> uh, so I had one called Am I Stoned? Am I Stoned, okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it had like a bunch of little mini games, like memory challenge ones, and like would play like little clips of songs and would ask you like, "How much did you like that song?" And then like it would tell you how stoned it thought you were. So, <laughs> so, so gauging yeah. on your your performance, it can tell you how high you are. I mean, you, listen, if you bought it, you're already stoned. So that <laughs> yeah. Stoned. yeah, yeah, no yeah, problem. I got you. All, right. All right, thanks, Frank. That sounds interesting. Uh, there was what was the one, Nick? <laughs> yeah, here you go. Somebody texted said most random app I have is called Ham Horn. <laughs> Literally, it just yells ham. Stop <laughs> I it. want that. There's another one. Uh, Pete Gallo said the rap air horn is the weirdest app he has. I don't know what that would be, the rap <laughs> air horn. Is there a specific air horn that gets played a lot in, in a rap and hip-hop? I don't know. Uh, oh, is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Penis Parker! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And that's the whole app. All yep. right. Uh, here's one. Uh, Chris Aitken said, I have an app for my outside smoker. Basically, can see the temperature of my meat while I sit on the couch. Oh, that's That would cool. be nice. Wait. What? How? Uh, if there's got to be a sensor. Yeah. Wouldn't you just but check yes. the sensor? I mean, like, what do you need an app for? We can see so it inside. Have to so get a up. smoker sits outside for yeah. oh, hours right. and hours and hours. So, okay. so you're going to smoke all day long. I see. All right, all right. And he can just keep an eye on the temp <laughs> if he's not right there next to I you. Guess you know, I guess I keep going sure. out there. Just so wheel it right over to the window so you can look out. Steve, uh, Diptych, it looks like it's some sort of, um, like, photo and video collage oh. creator. Well, it's very handy. <laughs> I use it all the time. Never Because Lord knows there's not any other app that allow you to do that. A lot of times you get these because, okay, oh, I'm going to use that, and then it, something becomes just part of the natural operating system of whatever you're using, and that's what they do. They buy up these apps, and they just put them in anyway. Yeah. And sometimes the apps are used as support apps, so like exactly. this one, Lauren Dispot writes, I have uh, one that is a guide to keep, to keep track of my inventory in Animal Crossing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> She's that into the game. Yeah. She needs a separate app that actually keeps track of the inventory on that game. So we also have loads of apps that are control my various headphones and earbuds and and uh, stereo receivers and TVs and all of that stuff. So, Steve, let me ask you. If you have an app that you're paying for yeah. on your phone and you don't use it, you can't just delete that app? Uh, and then stop paying for it. Yeah, like no, you, have to, you, you have to go in and log in. You and... have to log in and disconnect it. And Nick, if I may recommend an app called Truebill that I never use. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll that uh, and uh, that'll help you have another thing that you're paying for and that you never use. Okay, I've got ones like you know my talking pet, where you can take a picture of your dog and yeah. make their mouth and 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 add audio to it. All apps should be like which, that, which is kind of yeah. fun. I got a um, new phone this year, and when I got the new phone, I use it as an excuse to clean out all the apps that I'm not using anymore. Do you guys do that? Is uh, they, I do, I do. I do. Right now. Yeah. Oh, are you? All I right. mean, there's so much crap that, that ends up, um, you know, ported from phone to yeah. phone to phone. And, and it, But there are some apps, like, for example, uh, Nick, a lot of times it'll say, um, you know, sponsored app or, or um, 
uh, I forget how they refer to it, but there is a monthly fee involved okay. with oh, that yeah. app, a third-party app. Do you, what, what do they refer to it as? I don't know, but you, I just, just opened yeah. a couple and and saw that there was a fee, and I was like, well, I'm yeah. not paying this. I'm going to delete it. Do you know where they are really, like, they are, they, they'll hook, line, and sinker people as on those game apps, like uh, yeah. the, the woman was mentioning with the app that keeps track of the inventory on her other game. I have I have one here that says uh, picture insect, so I can identify <laughs> insects. All right. <laughs> Cockroach. <laughs> uh, I, I have one called Spaces. I have no idea what it is. <laughs> Preston, how many? Um, what is that? How many space apps do you have? Like, I mean, literally looking at space. Like, um, you, you have the ISS one, right? I, yeah, I've I've Go ISS, and then I have another one that that checks all satellites. Okay, uh, and then I have a Planets one, which is where you just hold it up and you yeah. can see what planet you're looking at. I have a Night Sky X, and somebody <laughs> texted in that as well. And you you hold that up, you look at the constellations, and it tells you what what you're looking at. Hey, what was Cameo? That was something, right? Oh yeah, what was that? Cameo was a um, was that a social? Oh no no no, that's the the cameos where yeah, the you, you can okay, buy, right. yeah, 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 like yeah. a like birthday like celebrity. Oh yes, Greg, come on, Kate course. Flannery, yeah. Um, all right, anyhow, let me go to uh, Sean's been on hold for a while. Hey, Sean, good morning. Morning, y'all. What's up, buddy? So I have an app that is basically it's just called Coin Flip app, and it's a picture <laughs> of a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> and you click the quarter, and it makes a little ding okay. noise when you flip the quarter, yeah. and it can either land on head or tail. So if you don't have any coins or quarters around, you use the coin flip app. <laughs> All right. Right. Have you ever used it, like, for real? I have used it to, if I can't decide whether to skip work or play hooky for a day, I'll, I'll, I have used the coin flip app. Wow. All right. All right. Okay. Right. That's like Fair the, enough. There used to be, Thanks, used to have a Zippo lighter app. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just, people would use yeah. it at concerts. Yeah. Yeah, and hold it up instead of an actual lighter. Uh, so there's a couple more here. Um, this one says, this is from Ryan Ostrich, who said, uh, or Osterich, uh, Elfster. Elfster? Which is a great app to use for secret Santas. You can uh, create a party. Uh, yeah. So it has location and time, a wish list of things you like, and it generates the picks for you so it stays a secret. Only use it once a year, but really handy little app. So that's not a strange app. That's just a, that's a Wait, useful but one, I what, guess. So do you know the person that's putting out the gift ideas? I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah, of course. It seems very handy. Uh, here's one that says, uh, Joe says, I have cat alone, which shows bugs, dots, lasers, and stuff moving around the screen for a cat to play with, and I use it on my iPad. All right, I have an app that I I don't ever remember putting on the phone and, and or using called Ember. Ember, <laughs> sound familiar to anybody? Ember with an E-M-B-E-R. No, don't know I'm, it. I'm looking it up right now. All right, All right this is great. Uh, this is from, uh, there's, there's an app this person wrote in called Acadian... Arcadian Signal, or, or no, I'm sorry, this is who that's from, Arcadian Signal. Uh, it is called Sonic, and it is a high-pitched frequency emitter that I downloaded to drive a bat out of my house. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay, Ember works apparently a, a, a mug that I got, Preston, uh, that it keeps uh, the coffee high. It's, yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay. A, a, uh, it what does an, it do? It has an app attached to the mug. That keeps the coffee. You know or when you sit there, just the temperature. For one mug, one mug, you and then an app. So I got to sit there, and <laughs> I have to Steve Jobs my coffee so to the right temperature. If you're, if you turn that on now, is somewhere a mug warming up? I don't even know what I did with the mug. <laughs> 
Uh, I, I don't know where the mug is. Oh, that's too funny, Steve. Uh, here we go. Lisa Carrington <laughs> says she has an app called Air Traffic. It identifies and shows the flight path of planes and yeah. helicopters. In Those, that's I've cool. That. I like that one. Yeah, I did that uh, down the shore. I was bored one time. And it yeah, was just, what do you get out of that, though? Not, well, about an hour of entertainment. Right. But basically watching, I was like, oh, that plane's leaving Boston, and it's going to Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> and, and, it's, and you can do the same thing. Uh, for ships moving up and down uh, the Delaware River or in the ocean, yeah, it's. Uh, I do like that. Yeah, it's 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 dorky, but it's fun. You know what the the um, the flight tracker app always great. Yes, you know apps that you use that you use all the time. That's one I, I rely on a, a, a lot. Um, but yeah, a lot of these are also they're they're apps that here's one that is for a radio controlled Batmobile. <laughs> That I have in my house that I've never used. You've never used it? Well, I've never used this as a radio. It's I like to look at it. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, have a, radio, you have a radio-controlled Batmobile and you've never driven it? I, I, I drove it once or twice. Okay. But the tires get all dusty. And oh, the yeah, ones oh, look yeah. pretty. I got you. Uh, so this one is from Sean McCauley. He says, I have one called the, the B-Bird Earscope <laughs> app. And I need it to sync to the scope's camera to see when you're scraping earwax. <laughs> I used it once. Ah, gross. <laughs> I used I it once that. along with the actual scope that sits in my medicine cabinet. You know what, Sean? I have one of those, too. You do? I've never what? used it. Rochelle got it for me. Yeah, it's this little camera, Kathy. Yes. Yeah. With a little scoop thing on the end oh. of it. And that way you can get down in there. Can't you do it in, like, sinks as well? And clean your ear out. I'm sorry. Is it, is it, I've seen a commercial where they have, it's one that you can put it in your ear, but you can also, like, put it down into a uh, into a drain and oh, see what's down I, there. You could, I guess, but huh. it, this one doesn't go very far. Oh, it's oh like, okay. But, it, but if you have, like, a little, uh, like, um... Almost like a little uh, roto-rooter type of snake thing. Just for that. I, I got you. Yeah. Wait, and so it has a little thing on the end of it, or you put a Q-tip on the end of it? No, it has a little thing. Oh, it's okay. got a little scoop that you take, and then you can clean it uh, <laughs> okay. later on. I've never used it. I have it at home. I need to... Odd, isn't it, that you would never use that? I need to break that out. Uh, this one is from Rocco Benigno, and he says, I have the PA, PAE Docket Court app. That has everyone's legal records in Pennsylvania. <laughs> and I pretty much just use it to play a game I call, Who's This A-Hole? What's Their Deal? <laughs> I love, I love it. What What I is some that. bizarre music? I have the theremin, which is this. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any... Uh, were you as a musician? Do you have any... I have a metronome. Yeah, well, that, that's helpful. Uh, yep, so I definitely use that, so that's this. <laughs> Mississippi Queen. And you can change the uh, the time signatures. And uh, hold on, what do you use it for? Uh, I'm practicing singing okay. mountain songs. <laughs> so if I have my drumsticks right here, and I want to, it's good. That's really good, man. Do you set it up on the drum kit when you're at home? I actually, you know why I downloaded that? Was at uh, Camp Out for Hunger. Uh, because I took a practice pad with me. Yeah. And, uh, and I practiced while I was there. So I don't use this at home. I'll, okay. I'll, my, my electronic drum kit has its own uh, metronome on it. Uh, I, I have a ukulele tuner. Yeah, all right. <laughs> uh, you do have a ukulele. Do you have a ukulele? Yeah, but I haven't played it in 
Probably because you bought that that brand of ukulele. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And that that came with it. Yep. So they all recommend you download the app. And then sometimes they won't. The device will not activate unless you register it on the app. They got you by the short hairs. Right, right. Hold on. Uh, let me see. I, I used to have a guitar tuner on here too, but I got rid of that. I have that. And I've I've got the the speech jammer. Speech jammer is great. Which we played around with for a while. Um, I don't have any musical like you know. Theremin is the only one I have. Yeah, I mean, like you can I get have a piano, keyboards, right. and things like that. But but I don't have any of that. So I've, I think I have a sound effect generator, mm-hmm. um, which I I don't know why I downloaded that <laughs> just to just to have some just goofy to screw around. Yeah, um, but I'm, I'm I'm here. Here's a dolphin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why? I, I don't know. Why don't not? Remember. Why not? Because <laughs> I'm. You are one pathetic loser. <laughs> <laughs> or you are a huge nerd. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just, I don't know why. Those I just, are good. I wanted sound effects, and uh, it was free, and <laughs> I got it. I have the the app. I think we downloaded for the show, Kathy, where where uh, you can see what you would look like with different types of makeup. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Make app. Yeah, I yeah. think I I made Pres- Preston Pres- up to be a girl. Pretty once. girl. Um, in case you guys are wondering, Miss May is off the coast of Long Island, and she was pinged yesterday. <laughs> oh. By the way, there's a uh, I have a story coming up concerning uh, sharks uh, on uh, the, the apps and off the East Coast. How big a uh, how, does it give you the data? Yep, she's 846 pounds. Whoa. She's 10 feet two inches. Uh, a female. She's a white shark, and uh, yeah, pinged yesterday. Is she the closest to us? Yeah, she's the closest to us. Do you have a um, a period chart app? Um, I don't. I did at one point. I don't okay. use it. I'm wondering how common that is. Rochelle has one. So on her phone, too, when she's yeah. with yeah, yeah. Aunt Flo's in town? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's... And it, it tracks and then uh, lets you know when you might be, uh, when your menses might be coming. I your think menses. it's pretty common because there's... Oh, no, it's coming. Yeah. Well, but there's a number of reasons why women would want to track. If, you know, if they're yeah. trying to get pregnant, if they want to sure. see if they're ovulating. Yep. Also, like, women who are not, um, I guess, not super regular. You yeah. Know, they want to know around the time so they yeah. don't have an accident while they're at work or like whatever yeah oh, all good reasons yeah rochelle's not super regular and it's uh it, it's interesting how it correlates to how she really cycles and it's uh you got your spigot shut off though you're you're in the clear right oh yeah, yeah me yeah, yeah, yeah i'm good to go we don't have to worry about that <laughs> no but i mean for the the woman you know like if she's out I yeah mean, you can't detect ex- sometimes exactly when it's gonna come but yeah. like, right now. Uh, yeah, Angela Hoswald said, uh, yeah, definitely the period chart. Got it for obvious reasons and to keep track of those special moments. Uh, and then she said, recently had a hysterectomy, so no longer use it, but it's still on my phone, so she still has it there. Uh, Bert Gallagher said, the Mr. Softy app. I got it to see where uh, that mrf is, and it never works. So now I play the music for my kids to get them excited and then instantly disappointed. <laughs> Wait a second. What's the, the ice cream uh, truck that you actually tie into with the app? You guys are raving about it. Were you, oh, uh, it's uh, Big Top. Uh, right. Yeah. Surfing Sundays. Uh, Surfing Sundays. So they let there. you know when, you, when they're right in the area. No, no. We just text them. You can oh, text them. Is that how it works? Yeah. And they'll come see you. Oh. It's awesome. <laughs> Uh, and they were at our Camp Out for Hunger. They were at the, uh, um, the food trucks and uh, fireworks event. Yeah. Um, here's one that says, uh, Becky Pierce has one called My Shake, and it tracks and keeps records of earthquakes all over the world. And oh. I don't use it, but I look at it every once in a while. I was hoping while. it was for milkshakes. Yeah, I know, that's what right? I was hoping. Yeah. I want a chocolate shake now. Yeah. <laughs> My Shake. Uh, let's see. What else we have here? Uh, Catherine McGough says, uh, Labola Calculator. 
tells you how much you're worth in cows. <laughs> okay. All right. Great conversation topic. <laughs> all righty. Uh, that's all good stuff. Why not? I want. I like the poop thing because that, for us, is the closest to the Menzies calculator. Mm-hmm. Fatify. This is from Patty Dur- Durachko. It says, um... Fatify shows you what you look like 50, 100 pounds heavier. Really fun, act. Oh, I think we did that one uh, day the, on, the, on the show. Well, the old, whatever the app is that makes you old, like I've, <sighs> I've done that and I look like my dad. I had this on my photo album. <laughs> <laughs> Mine actually, it just, it, it said won't work. Yeah. You're already there. <laughs> uh, and then this uh, one says, is from uh, Tamika, she says, Big Bang Whip. Open the app, jerk your phone, and it sounds like you're cracking a whip. Boy, okay. yes. That could be kind Wait, of fun. Well, what, I love that. what is the name I'm of that? It. Uh, it's called the Big Bang Whip. Let's download it together, download. Kathy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bang Whip. Hey, does it matter? Now, you remember for a while earlier on in, in uh, smartphone technology that you didn't want to go overboard on the apps because it would eat up data and so on? Yes. We're kind of past that, right? I, I, well, it's probably still there, but okay. I prefer to pay for apps that I don't use, Preston. But yeah. you can, like, like I've got pages and pages, but, uh, like, not anywhere near filling up the capacity of my phone. I, I don't overdo it. I Like Rochelle, I keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. She's got tons and tons of apps. I, I do a pretty good job of cleaning things out. How old's your phone? Uh, it is, I don't know. I mean, because my last phone was an iPhone 6, and I think I have the 12 now or whatever, and the 6, like, if you have an older phone, you can only have so many apps. Yeah, I think I've got the 10, so. Okay, you're um, good. I'm good, so. You can, as you, by the way, uh, listen, what they do, just know this, they build in, into the OS updates, they build into everything, the, um, more demand on your equipment, your hardware, to force you to purchase new hardware. So chargers, new chargers too. Chargers, the whole damn deal. Sons of bitches. Yeah, here's some mother effing best. Coming in, uh, I have a dice shaker. Shake your phone, rolls five dice. All right. There you go. What's what's the whip one again, Preston? What's the what? What's the whip one again? Uh, Big Bang Whip. But it says here, I'm looking at a uh, uh, at a screenshot of it. It says it's a full soundboard, so it wow. has 500-plus oh. sound effects on it. Ooh, I like that. Big right. Ben. And, mm. and it also says the Whip Sound app, I guess, which maybe you oh. can shake it. And it Do works. you have any um, uh, sound machine um, apps that you use, like for uh, sleep sounds? or? Uh, oh, uh, that is the one I use the most. That's the most essential, right? And what's that one called? Uh, sleep machine, sleep machine. Okay, because yep. I need a new one. And I have it is a it is a you, so you build these custom sounds. That yeah. is a mixture of a fan on low and an air conditioner. Nice. So that's like white noise. Yeah, and you can. That would keep me awake. <laughs> what, if, what about this one, Kathy? Would this help me. you to go to sleep? <laughs> <laughs> I love that app. It is it's a lifesaver to me. I don't think you're ever whenever we've gone to do anything anywhere where you, you, that's that's the first thing you put on. Yep. Yeah. When I lay under my desk to take yeah. a nap, I you turn put that on. I put yeah. it on. Absolutely. <laughs> when I lay under my desk. It's <laughs> just, just casually. When I lay under my desk. And it just sounds normal. When I, hide, when I hide in a box. Dude, I think I lay on the floor here more than any of oh, anybody. Oh, right? Because you, you guys know I do my stretches yeah. on the right. floor here in the morning before the show. I take naps right in there uh-huh. on the floor. How come you didn't mention that during our um, induction into the National Radio Hall of Fame? I should have done it. You really should get like a Costanza bed in, under the desk. Like, He's actually. Should... Have you seen his rake? No. Oh, yeah, his his rake is actually pretty good. I don't go to the office. Curtain. He's got a curtain. He does have a curtain. I built that curtain. Okay. Yeah. Well, don't you need a mattress at this point? Like you're in the radio hall of fame. I use the yoga mat. May I recommend right. something, Preston? But I need one more. It's not quite. 
before he put a sleeping bag under there. Uh, no, I don't want a sleeping bag. I have, I have, a, I have a. Okay, so I have a yoga mat. I have a body pillow. Okay. I have a blanket, and then I have uh, flashlight. No, and then I have two little pillows, or, or one large pillow and one little pillow. Which one do you hug? Uh, the body pillow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. I, I'm, I'm not like body. I wrap my legs around it. Yes. Anyone who sleeps under their desk knows that. And yes. then I have, uh, and then I and I bought a a spring loaded uh, curtain rod uh-huh. and a little uh, bracket and a tub, and I mounted it underneath the the. Uh, Underneath my desk, and I can <laughs> I can open and close. And I took drapes and I cut them to be wow. the right size. It and really made the blackout drapes. And he makes the tub. And then I have a tub, yeah. part of a wall. Yeah. So, 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 there... so I keep all my stuff in the tub. And when I go down there and I take all the things out and I lay out my bed and I close the curtain, then I put the tub <laughs> by my legs and it blocks some of the light coming in. Press, if you go to REI, genius. you could probably get a, a decent sleeping mat. Right, something okay. that you would uh, you know, right. use for camping or Maybe whatever. I'll do that. Do you well, do there's that? There's probably an app for this somewhere. Yes, I sleep yeah. under my desk. Do you sleeping. do that because you get tired and you have to uh, drive home? I do it because when I am most drowsy is right when the show is over. Right, and if I want the rest of my day to be somewhat productive, I should lay down right away. Take 15 minutes, just take a little cat nap, and then I'm up and I'm ready to do what else oh. I need to for the rest of the day. Because then, by the time I drive home, I get even more drowsy, and then I want to take like an hour-long nap okay. when I get home. Got it. So, I think it's it's actually uh, allows me to be more productive. Oh, my God, those <laughs> things are like 150 Oh, yeah, they're not cheap. You kidding me? We're looking at a sleeping mat. But go to the uh, the co-op. There's one right near uh, Trinity Rehab. Uh, and there, uh, you can get them. Um, yeah, but you have to be a member. Cheaper. Yeah, yeah. Ones. All right. I'll yeah, you know, you know how you can be a member? The REI app. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for those of you who chimed in on the most useless or bizarre app on your phone. Yes, there are many and, of them. And take a take a little trip down uh, uh, App Lane today and see what all you've got in there because I'm sure there's some interesting ones. We need to take a break. Stay put. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR. Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. Celebrate the coziest season with Acme. They're bringing all the fall flavors to you. From pumpkin everything to caramel apples and all your seasonal favorites. Make the most of fireside dinners, game-winning touchdowns, and warm family gatherings. Acme's here to help you spice, season, and savor every moment. You'll find fresh inspiration, chef-curated recipes, on-demand cooking classes, and more just waiting to be enjoyed. So slow down and fall into flavor at acmemarkets.com slash fall. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. I love this story. We're going to start with this. Celine Dion, super fan in the UK, got drunk and legally changed his name to hers and then forgot about it the next morning. (laughs) He could change his name legally that quickly? Yes. So here's here's how this all happened. Okay. Okay, so... Uh, it's all coming back to him now. The 30-year-old Celine Dion, uh, named uh, Thomas Dodd, said, or the CN Formerly. Yeah, said that he came up with the idea while he was getting drunk late night watching a TV concert by the 52-year-old Canadian crooner on Christmas Eve because he loves her. He said, she is my go-to person I listen to when I need cheering up. And he said he spent so much. He spent much of the pandemic watching concerts while at home, including one by Celine Dion over the holiday that was accompanied by a magnum of champagne given to him by a friend. He said that'll probably explain a lot. Uh, while enjoying the show, 
He spent about $122 and officially took her name via an online application. However, the details are a bit fuzzy. He said, I honestly, hand to heart, don't remember doing it. I remember watching the concert, and I remember getting rather tipsy. Well, days later, he came home from work, and he found an envelope with the documentation waiting for him that would have been sent him to his house. Okay. He said, initially, I had to sit down. I couldn't believe it, so then I checked my bank account, which confirmed it all. He said, once it sunk in, though... I signed it straight away as I bloody wow. love her. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he went through he with went it. He went through with it, yep. Uh, he shared images of his change of name deed on Twitter, and yes, he did update his social media name to reflect the side-splitting switch, which includes his old signature plus a new one in a box that is marked Mr. Celine Dion. <laughs> That's great. So he was drunk while he did it, and then he was sober when he, he made it, it official. Yeah. So he, went, he went for it. Well, that's commitment. Celine has not responded to this as of yet, from what I understand, but I think she owes him something. Yes. I mean, you know, send him an autograph a or nice something. A nice gesture. Yeah. A Colombian man was detained in Barcelona after he reportedly tried to smuggle out $34,000 worth of cocaine <laughs> under a poorly fitted toupee. It is one of the funniest photos I think I've ever seen. $34,000 worth of cocaine under toupee. What was he doing, like a kid and play thing? Steve, it, it's worse than that. So it's it, it just looks like he put a, a rug on top of a bump on top of his head. You want to see it? Yeah, yeah, come, come over there. Yeah. Look at the picture on the right because that's what he was wearing into the, the airport. You see? <laughs> Police said the man caught their attention when he arrived. It looks on, like a, a raccoon is sleeping on his head. On a flight from uh, Bogota, June 18th, and appeared nervous. Officers had the man remove his wig and found a package stuck on his head with about $34,000 worth of cocaine. Where did that come from? The statement included a photo of a middle-aged man and a wig and his eyes locked out, but police gave no more details regarding his identity. That's my toupee glue. Uh, it's unclear if he is still in police custody or I, I, not. I mean, he literally looks like a mummer's headdress. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. A man has been jailed for slashing and threatening another man with a knife after a disagreement over silly string. Marlon Nelson cut the man's wrist in front of his victim's 10-year-old daughter, the court heard. Oh, my God. Over silly string. Yeah, followed a ridiculous argument after one of Nelson's children sprayed silly string on a cash machine, and the man asked the youngsters to clean it up. Not so silly now. Nelson was jailed for 27 months. The court had heard that he started shouting at the man outside a post office before taking his children home, arming himself with a knife, and then returning to find his victim. The judge said you followed him around the shop, you pointed the knife at him, pointed it towards his throat. In the end, he ended up with a defense injury to his wrist. Wow. He told Nelson if someone had done that to his children, you would want that person sent to prison. In a victim impact statement, the man said, I thought that he was trying to kill me. He was shouting aggressively and coming at me with a knife. If I didn't move, I felt that he would have severely hurt me. Uh, Nelson, who was sentenced for wounding or inflicting grievous bodily harm without intent, was also handed a concurred sentence of 14 months for having a bladed article in a public place. Silly string is a lot of fun, but it can get annoying occasionally. Have you ever seen it go up over a fire? Yeah. Yeah, it's very flammable. Very flammable. The the aerosol part of it is really flammable, yeah. Uh, Though 5G technology and the coronavirus have absolutely nothing to do with one another, that hasn't stopped conspiracy theorists around the world from falsely linking the two. And one of these debunked theories is that the recently rolled out COVID-19 vaccines contain microchips with 5G technology designed supposedly to track our every movement. 
To that end, what was promptly uh, promoted, I'm sorry, as a leaked photo of the top-secret schematic of this microchip recently began going viral. Of course, though, the schematic in question doesn't actually display a top-secret 5G chip. In fact, what it shows is the reworked circuit of a Boss Metal Zone distortion pedal for a guitar. Oh wow. God. The discrepancy was first spotted by Mario Fusco, a uh, senior software engineer at Red Hat, who took to Twitter to point it out. He said, here in Italy, people started to share this figure, claiming that this is the diagram of the 5G chip that has been inserted into the COVID vaccine. In reality, it is the electrical circuit of a guitar pedal. I just got the vaccine. Watch what happens when I push my Adam's apple. <laughs> is this cool? Oh, that would be is awesome. Is cool? All right, all right. Uh, 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 uh. uh indeed. Do you feel a, like we do? A, <laughs> yeah. A closer look at the schematic reveals bass. I want a vaccine. Uh, reveals bass, treble, and volume labels, among other dead Come giveaways, <laughs> that it was not, in fact, to be put in your bloodstream upon receiving the va- the vaccine. So, yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, then we'll do one last story: a cow elk was rescued after it got stuck in a lawn chair in Colorado. Man, they're getting casual these days. Right? They're just chilling around the fire pit. Yeah. Mm, little hot toddy. Uh, Co- Colorado Parks and Wildlife says a local homeowner reported the cow elk was stuck around its neck and front legs. Uh, they were able to immobilize the cow elk and remove the chair without complications. So it was a cow elk? Yeah, it was a female. It uh, was another catastrophe. Oh, wow. This this thing is enormous. Yeah, yeah. They're they're very big. And that is what we have in the Bizarre File for you. Excuse me. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Blank 182. Smashing Pumpkins. Bowl Beat. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMR. With Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, Prince Harry is demanding the British government provide substantive protection when they are in the United Kingdom. Harry says the final straw was when they were assigned a Thai bow instructor on a Vespa. (laughs) Oh, my God. An Instagram model claiming Drake put hot sauce in a condom he had used after the two had sex to keep her from attempting to get pregnant. Drake's only response was, quote, I put that S on everything. Oh, dude. <laughs> My God. That's great. And finally, after a delay, Alec Baldwin has officially given his phone over to Rust investigators. And this is after, after a lengthy delay, as I said. Baldwin told detectives he would have handed the phone over sooner, but he was in the middle of an especially challenging wordle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's your Hollywood trash. There is a show that is opening at the Bucks County Playhouse, and it is called Me, Myself, and Shirley. A one-woman show, and we have two people that we're going to welcome. First, the star of that show. Please give some love to a friend of ours, Cindy Williams. Yeah. Is here this morning. We got to play a little bit of the theme song, of course, to set the stage. Uh, and we also want to uh, welcome the producing director of Buck County Playhouse, Alex Frazier. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you. How you doing, Alex? I'm uh, great. It's nice great to, to be see here. You. All right. So, Shirley, welcome back to Philadelphia. It's Cindy. great to be here. Cindy. I answered. I'm so sorry. I was. I, I was no, thinking no, don't it. Don't be sorry. Don't be silly. <laughs> How often do you get that, that people will call you Shirley? Just last night when I was checking into the hotel. Oh, really? I said, fine, fine. <laughs> Whoever just wears my room. <laughs> you well, know, you, you were that character, Shirley Feeney. Yeah, and, and I was just legendary telling, character. I was yeah. telling Steve before you Thank came you in Steve. here. Well, I was telling Steve before you came in here. Uh, there, there's so many funny moments surrounding Laverne and Shirley, but your debut on, on Happy Days, the scene where you punch Ron Howard in the face <laughs> is just hilarious. It is just a scream. You know, he, I, I just saw Ron recently, and he always brings that up because really? he's so proud of that. <laughs> For some reason, and we just did it once. I've got that little clip in the show you'll be happy oh, to excellent. know, Preston. Yes. Excellent. The show is, is uh, we're thrilled by this concept because we you were just absolutely one of our favorite guests the last time you were in and recounting your uh, pop culture history, which is voluminous, uh, so is this? Has this yes, I like it. <laughs> Jeez, thank you. Has this been in uh, the works for a while? Have you performed this before? Or will this be the debut of the show? No, I've uh, I've been performing it for about a year now, okay. on and off. You know, right after COVID and right. the audiences, masked, unmasked audiences, but. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Well, it's, you know, and it, it, as we review your um, history, and I, I, I mean, I, you were part of the, what is called the second golden age of Hollywood in the 70s with, you were in American Graffiti, and you were in the conversation of Francois Coppola movie, and you were in, the, in that group with Harrison Ford and George and all those people, and then you had a second television massive successful career, and I was looking at, like, you know, ratings numbers and how many eyes were on Laverne and Shirley on every, any given week in the multi-multi-millions. You have a lot to talk about. I'm so impressed by me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you for that, Steve. You are impressive. <laughs> well, you know what I have in the show that I really love that I had forgotten to mention uh, to people? Um, I have my screen test from... Uh, for Star Wars, for Princess Leia. Okay, oh. so I wanted to bring now that they up. All, yeah. They all just sat up. Wow. No, because I, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted to bring that up because Nick had mentioned that, that the chair you're sitting in right now, he had lifted Kenny Baker into that chair. And I he was played um, R2-D2. He played R2-D2. And, uh, and, and um, I immediately <laughs> thought of watching your screen test for Princess Leia. And oh, you saw I, it, I have Casey. seen it. As a matter of fact, I have. And I wanted to bring that up. And I wanted to ask you about... Um, that and 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 actually not getting that part because it's you know it, it would be sort of synonymous of thinking of Carrie Fisher as Shirley. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it just could, doesn't yeah. really. But um, yeah, not getting that part. I talk about that in the show because no one. Well, you know they brought everybody in to screen test right. and um, nobody knew what the words meant. You know, what's an R2-D2? I'm <laughs> right. sorry. But, um, you know, George really, he tried to explain it to us, uh, and uh, nobody got it. What's a C3PO? <laughs> so we didn't know who we were talking to. This is one hideous screen test. Right. But um, I'm happy to send it up. <laughs> so people can see that at, at the show. Yes. Uh, and yes. Oh, yes. Please <laughs> come on down to Bucks County Playhouse and see my screen test of for Princess Leia. So it's a multi uh, multimedia presentation. 
Indeed. Okay. Sort, Indeed. Yes. Yes. Sort right, of. So and, what, no puppets, though. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no puppets. Well, we, there's so much to talk, so I'm going to take the Star Wars tact here a little bit uh, uh, as you were explaining. The word was uh, that people even like Ali Guinness would be, they were in Tunisia filming, and they'd be like, what is this piece of crap that I, no one had any anticipation. So when it releases and becomes this big hit, you were, you were doing well, but do, do you have a classic actor moment where you're like, damn it. Yeah. That I didn't yeah, yeah, get yeah, Star Wars. Yeah. You know, actually, I had a dream after the screen test. Well, first of all, let me back up. Yeah. During American Graffiti, which George Lucas, that was his first um, studio film. Right. He was telling us on the last day of shooting uh, about this little movie he was going to do next. He was telling mm-hmm. Ron Howard, Paul Lamatt, uh, myself, and who else was standing what, around? Harrison? Maybe it was Harrison. But... Um, he was talking about this movie he had written that he hoped to direct next. And yeah. he said, it's about teenagers in outer space saving <laughs> the galaxy. And then he looked at all of us and he said, you could all be. Oh, it was Charlie Martin Smith. Oh, okay. And he said, you could all be in it. And uh, I thought, teenagers in <laughs> outer space saving the galaxy. That'll never happen. <laughs> and um, so then... When I was doing Laverne and Shirley, when start when I did the, uh, sc- they call me in for the screen test of uh, for Princess Leia, and um, and then I really wanted the part yeah. for some reason because I wanted to work with George again and everybody, and um, even though I understood none of it, yeah. <laughs> and, but I had this dream, and the dream was, uh, and I knew Carrie had tested for that. Carrie was up for it. But I dreamed that there was, uh, George and I were standing watching this little girl play, this younger girl play with dolls. Right. She had all these dolls she was playing with. And when I woke up from the dream, I realized he's going to go with a younger hmm. uh, actress. And lo and behold, <laughs> Carrie. But how much but, younger is she than you? Oh, she's, um, I don't know, okay. but but it, at least ten years. And uh, let's see, she was eighteen or nineteen okay. when so she did it, 20s. and I was twenty some. I don't, I don't know. We can do the math later. Well, no, yeah. so it's she interesting. Was yeah, it's interesting that the, the the premise was that these teenagers are going to go save the galaxy because I watched it as a child and I didn't see them as teenagers. I saw them as as adults. As adults. Yeah. So that's pretty wild, right? Well, his his whole idea that he he. Always wanted them to be like 14, 15. Oh, that's even how he okay. explained it to us. He also explained uh, American Graffiti to Ron Howard and myself uh, before we did it as a musical. He saw it as a musical. Okay. It sort of is. It is. Wolfman Jack provides yeah. the yes. music, and it, the music is running throughout it. It is. We've just talked about American Graffiti recently. It is such an amazing masterpiece mm. that still speaks all your performances. Are, just resonate as so true. What was the shot in, in Petaluma? Yes. Right. So and so, Sam Rafael till they kicked us out because, <laughs> right. because of the noise. The noise. Night. Yeah, because we shot it all at night. I mean, there, there were people, and I remember when that movie came out, and I saw it in the, in the theater. There were people crying from a sheer sense of nostalgia, and just because it connected to the, it, it addresses all that pivotal point in your mm-hmm. life. Where, what do I do next? I'm, I'm graduating. What's next? And it's it's multiple stories. Uh, any memories of that movie? Because as the legend goes, you do these long 
scenes throughout the night because it prim- takes place primarily at night. And George Lucas would constantly fall asleep while directing. Right. Yeah. Because he would go from, <clears throat> pardon me, we shot from 6 at night to 6 in the morning because it all takes place in one night. Mm. And he would go from um, the set into San Francisco to the editing bay and mm. and edit all day wow. and then come back and, and direct at night because we it was t- uh, shot mm. in 28 nights and one morning. Wow. And, That's uh, a crazy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. And and the word was that the people of the town sort of got into it as well and uh uh, had brought out their own classic cars and because it takes place in the 50s. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it takes place in 1962. Where were you in 62? Right, that's it, right, yes. yeah. In 62, and it was a time of innocence. Yeah. And, you know, before the president had been assassinated, President Kennedy, and just that wonderful time of innocence. And it was a coming of age yep. movie, essentially, and, and uh, that followed three. It followed three different storylines. Do you like the way that uh, more American Graffiti turned out the sequel? Because you 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 are married to Ron Howard in the, in that movie, and it's it, it's some people are this, people are split on it. I thought they tried something interesting. It was it was again you yeah. know three storylines and uh, all took place on New Year's Eve, but different years, right? Which was a great concept, but um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun and. Um, just a different era, a different feeling on the set, certainly. It's during Vietnam at that point, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. Correct. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, Cindy Williams is going to be performing at the uh, Bucks County Playhouse. And the, the the show is called Me, Myself, and Shirley, a one-woman show. And you're going to cover, you know, your history in, in the acting. Did I read correctly Did you started in high school with Sally Fields? Yes. Okay. Were you? Did you guys go to the same school? We were in the same, we're Birmingham High School together, and we were both in the theater arts department. I touched this t- a tiny bit in the show, and um, you know we did plays together. Wow! Yeah, she could. She was such a fabulous actress at the age of fifteen, fourteen, fifteen, however old we were. I remember one day she turned to me and she goes, "You know, you're funny, <laughs> I, but I can't cry like you on the stage. I wish I could." Her dad was a, f- a famous stuntman, was he not? No, he was a, an actor, wasn't he, Tom? Somebody Google that. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, We don't want to get it wrong, but um, she was fabulous actress, always, well, always. The, the show has, obviously, there's you have a, the, the career points, but you are also a spectator to pop culture yourself, and you have... Because I, I, you had the, the book uh, um, Shirley I Jest, which mm-hmm. is uh, sort of a recounting of that. Just some of that stuff worked its way into the show as well because you encountered a lot of, you know, giants in the industry. A couple of stories, like uh, what all of you would like. Like I worked as a cocktail waitress at the Whiskey A Go Go on Sunset Boulevard during the 60s, and Jim Morrison was my first customer. Oh, my God. But they had set me up it was a joke oh. they had given on my first night waiting tables they said that's your section i go the vip section are you kidding me <laughs> a mick jagger sat in that booth so they said there's your first customers and uh this guy had his back to me and it there were two girls with him very pretty girls and i went up and i said what will you have to the, one of the girls and she said i'll have a tom collins and the other girl said i'll have a tom collins and i i hadn't seen this guy yet and i turned to him and i said and you sir and there in this 
angelic light, <laughs> beam from heaven, was Jim Morrison. And I was just like, Abba. Uh, <laughs> and he ordered a bottle of Jack at the table. <laughs> That's what he wanted. And I thought in the back of my head, wait, didn't they tell me uh, during... Uh, the rules, yeah. you know, reading the rules to me that you're not supposed to bring a bottle to the table. But this is Jim Morrison's yeah. So I run over and I put my ticket in and I'm about to leave. And the uh, bartender, Tony, says, wait, 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 you, new girl. What is this? Two Tom Collins and a bottle of Jack? And I go, yeah. And he goes, wait, is Morrison in the club? <laughs> and I said, yes, Jim Morrison is in the club. And he goes, you go back and you tell that so-and-so. He knows perfectly well that I cannot serve him, nor can you, a bottle of Jack at the table. He can have a single or a double, but no bottle of Jack. And, I, and I'm thinking, oh I, can, I, I can't tell Jim Morrison. And so I go back and I say, I'm very sorry, Mr. Morrison, but um, I can serve you a double or a single at the table, but no bottle of Jack. And he says to me, is Tony pending <laughs> And I said, yes. And he said, well, you go back and you tell that so-and-so oh, that I have my. had a bottle of Jack on the table before and I demand a bottle of Jack on the table tonight. And I'm thinking, oh, my God. Tell so I go back <laughs> and forth. It goes back and forth until I'm in tears. And I finally say to him, to Jim Morrison, I I say, I'm so sorry. I can only, I'll buy you a double. <laughs> and he he asks me my name. He takes my hand and asks me my name. And I say, Cindy. And I'm crying. Yeah. And he says, well, Miss Cindy, just bring me a double. We're just playing with you. And oh. I and this had gone on for 10 minutes. In the meantime, these men had ordered zombies. And, and later on, they asked me to light them because it's triple liquor. And yeah. if they... Anyway, my... Um, what a memory, man. It was fabulous. That's oh, yeah. Cindy, that's awesome. You're a big music fan. You're, you're, uh, wow. Bob Dylan is your number one. Is, is he your number one fascination musically uh, you're you're actually that's yes yeah that, that would be true and and you got to meet him at uh was it at a spring you did read the did book we, didn't yes, you Steve? so so and that, that's a cool story but i love people that because we you know we look up to and idolize and enjoy your work we like to hear what people that we are fans of uh how their fandom manifests so we like to see people you know were you uh, was that a moment in time that uh, in you you're backstage and there he is Re recount that story if you would oh gee well um i'd gone to been invited to a bruce springsteen concert and uh, the whole crew had come down to watch uh, a rehearsal of Laverne and Shirley. And so they invited Penny and me to go and see the Bruce Springsteen, you know, the show. And so... Um, and he was, went, called, he was called the, 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 the next Bob Dylan when he came on the scene. I, Springsteen. I guess was. so. Yeah. I was fas always fascinated by his boots. Right. For <laughs> some reason. And how he moved in his boots. But anyway, so after the show, they took us back to the inner sanctum. And it was me and Penny and Carrie were there and they uh, and I saw them backstage and they said we're looking for Dylan Dylan's <laughs> around we're looking for and they ran off so anyway I get this tap on the shoulder they take me really backstage and they put me in a room and I'm all alone well I have my friend Kathleen there and I'm all alone in the room except for Kathleen and Bob Dylan. Wow. And I see Bob Dylan and I'm thinking, what, 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 what am I going to? And he, he's smiling at yeah. me and he says, nods and says hello. And 
again a shaft of light <laughs> over him. And I'm just thinking, oh, the bard. Did he lean in and say, I love Boo Boo Kitty? No, <laughs> that was Stevie like Nick. Uh, and said that exactly. Oh my did you read the book? <laughs> no, I did not. I'm so sorry. anyway, um, uh, here's what I came up with. Did you have good seats? <laughs> and yes, I just Bob thought, Dylan. holy crud, what did I just say? <laughs> Meanwhile, Kathleen had fainted. Yeah. She went, oh, she fainted. She fainted. No in, into this clothes rack thing. Yeah. And then Bob Dylan was taken into me. Bruce Springsteen, and then that's when Stevie Nicks came in, and she said, oh, and she looked at me, she goes, oh, boo-boo kitty. I oh, love it. Okay. Wow. And, uh, I mean, I, these, are, these are great moments. These are, you know, yeah, yeah. I wish I could take everyone in the world with me. Yeah. You know, it's just, I wish I could take everyone with me uh, on those adventures, because it, just like you would imagine they were, they're that and so much more. And I just, uh, I just. It, well, you're t- you're taking people along with with this show as well. Yeah, and, and these we're, we're getting a chance. You know? yeah. uh, well, <laughs> it's not as good as actually being in the room with Bob Dylan. <laughs> But I love to this day, you're still embarrassed uh-huh. about the question you asked Bob Dylan. I once asked Dave Matthews if he'd been to all 50 states. That was all I he could come up with. I thought it was something that was like, hey, I'll start a conversation with Dave Matthews. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. You know? Exactly. And so yeah. you're asking Bob Dylan about the great seats that he had. And it's just, you're, you're frozen. And so here you are, however many years later, still thinking about that very question. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. such a thing to connect to because we yeah. all have those moments. And we're all in those moments. And that you Someone you idolize. Gee, I wonder if he has access to good seats. Yeah. <laughs> it's so human, though. Yeah. And, yeah. and what is Bob Dylan? Yeah. It's, uh, he's human. Yeah. Right. You know. So anyway, it was uh, it was a thrill. Uh, I, I wanted to ask Cindy, um, it, it, the, on Laverne and Shirley, and, and some people may not remember what great physical comedy you guys did on that show and and there was a lot of a lot of big gags that that were physically you guys jumping around and doing all kinds of crazy stuff anybody ever get hurt on the set that's from always, stuff like that i have a q and a after the show and i awesome. oh, that's always the second question yeah, no kidding because uh, it's hard to believe you did with all the stuff you're doing well we got bruised, yeah. the occasional bruise here and there. But um, one time Penny was up on cables and I wasn't doing this show, this particular show episode. And she, the cable broke. And, and you know, on the sound stage, it's made of cement. And then if they want to build a stage on top of that, then they'll build a wooden floor. Right. But on this particular episode, it was cement. And so she fell and hurt herself and had to be carted off to the hospital. Jeez. And I never heard the end of that story. <laughs> it was like my operation. Let me tell you about it. Oh, that's funny. So. Uh, uh, also in the studio with us, like I said, Alex Frazier, uh, producing director of Bucks County Playhouse. And, and uh, Cindy just patted him on the knee saying, they'll get to you in a moment. <laughs> Sorry, we That's just okay. have all these questions. I know. You need to travel with someone we love less, and then you'd be fine. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. No way. No uh, way. And and so, uh, are you? Uh, how is this uh, working? This show with her at uh, uh, Well, Place? I I can't wait to see it. I yeah. haven't seen it yet, and we've spent the last two years because we haven't been able to produce 
bringing shows in, and mm-hmm. it's been a thrill because we had Wynton Marsalis, yeah. and we had Mary Lou Henner, and Candace Bushnell, and now Cindy Williams, yeah. and it's been great to have people, of course, that we've idolized our whole lives. It's, in it's this, been a real thrill. In this forum, to have a, and it will be allowed a Q&A and so on and so forth, if you're talking about, you're going to nostalgically hear things that are, are, are going to, like these stories we're hearing now, and then the chance to interact. That means a lot to so many people. The theater's great. We love it. The location's great. The whole thing is, is, is is a solid in these. Do you, th- you think we're going to start to see more and more of these um, these type of shows where where celebrities come in and recount, you know, one one person shows because people seem to respond very well to them. I hope so. I hope so. We're actually going to start producing. We're we're producing right now for the first time in three years. We've got five shows that we're working on right now. That first one opens to the end of May, and we run till the end of the year. So it'll be a uh, a big deal for us coming out of, you know, three years of hiding. Yes. Um, and the theater's so fantastic there. And it's such a fun town, such a fun uh, place to go. So beautiful and just lots of fun. Yeah. And the but, shows are only going to be this weekend, correct? Right. Yes. Okay. Right. Uh, Saturday matinee and, and evening performance and Sunday matinee. But we're up against the, what is it, Alex? The Shad? Shad Fest. Oh, Shad Fest is this weekend. <laughs> oh, and we're up against the fishing Fest. contest. Oh, man. That's yeah. for you guys. Yeah, and I love Shad. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. May I, I might not show up for that Sunday afternoon performance. We I could probably do both, right? River. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Shad no. loses to Cindy Williams. I'm yes, sorry. I agree. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank Listen, you, gentlemen. It, it is such a delight to see you again and we love the fact that you that i'd heard that you wanted to come by our show yes, when you're I in did. town and, and you're welcome I asked anytime great to see you again cindy great to see you all have a great again. time here in our area so once again it's at the bucks county playhouse me myself and shirley a one woman show this weekend see you can get tickets at uh is it bucks county playhouse dot dot org dot okay. org thank dot you org. very much get those tickets Thank you, Cindy Williams, for being here. Thank you. Great to see you. Nick and Casey. All right. With all that, we need to take a break. Stay right there. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR.